to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello. I Welcome to... back to the podcast. <laughs> this week, we review Big Chewy Nerds, a crunchy and chewy candy. New. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly, and I think they're weird. I'm John. I like them. I'm Tony. I like them. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Elaine only should... brought that up because she was chewing those <laughs> when I hit the record button and she wasn't ready. That's true. I was still chewing. I'm so I appreciate to my gummy bears. All right, Tony, while you talk, I'm going to. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror and thriller. I have science fiction and fantasy. I have drama and romance. I had adventure and action. We take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these films on anyone's top ten list. Maybe this one. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> it's definitely not John's. This is podcast. Maybe give these films a second chance. Today's pick. I'm the podcast. It's John's birthday pick. It's my birthday. <laughs> did you put that as like a little button? I sure did. That you can just push. <laughs> it sounds like, because you know, mm-hmm. for my birthday I'll do it. For yours, you had to keep bringing it up. <laughs> but oh, Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven is a 2001 film directed by Steven Soderbergh. Now, the gist of this movie is Danny Ocean, and it's, it, well, it says his 11 accomplices, but it's his 10 accomplices because <laughs> it's Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. uh, plan to rob three ca- Las Vegas casinos simultaneously. And by rob, they mean burgle. Okay. All right, we'll take your word for it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this, for, for our new listeners, hi, welcome. Yeah. This, instead of picking an underappreciated movie, John gets to pick whatever movie he wants. Because, because it's, it's his birthday. <laughs> Just putting that out there. If you're wondering why Ocean's mm. Eleven is underappreciated, it's well, not. it's not. <laughs> yeah. Kind of not underappreciated. Not at all. No. So that's the synopsis there. Um, this movie has a Rotten Tomato score of 82. I feel and like it should be higher than an 80. And an 80 audience score of 80. I expected. You, you mm-hmm. thought it was higher than you expected or lower? No, it was lower than I expected. When oh. I looked it up, I was like, oh, that's not the numbers I thought. Yeah. It's got a Metacritic score of 74, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's lower than I would have given it. Mm-hmm. Its budget was $85 million and grossed $415 million worldwide. Mm. Oh it made a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. So hence the sequels. Hence the sequels. Yep. How good was this movie? They're still making it this year. Mm-hmm. From what mm-hmm. I understand, the Ocean's Eight. Um, it was like they said it was good, but it was basically a scene by scene remake remake of this movie. I don't think you should talk about a movie that you haven't, haven't seen? seen. Yeah, but I heard None it was good. None of us have seen it though, have they? Said it was good, but it, it wasn't original. But I added it to our now we have to do a marathon because I've never seen any other than this one. But you know, when we were done watching it, then I wanted to watch the next one. <laughs> they say it's in the same universe, so that's cool. Yeah. I don't know. I I'll haven't seen Ocean's 8. I'll wait yeah. till it comes out. No, Which won't be long. Yeah. It should be out, out yet? No, it's out, but it won't, it'll won't. it be on Redbox in like yeah. a month or something. Yeah. Oh, I, I I didn't know when it came out. Like, I know yeah. it came out this year, but how It came out like ago? a couple months ago. It should be out on... Like, I saw Black Panther in the, it, for sale on Blu-ray at Target this week. I don't week, know so. if... <laughs> I don't take it very long. I don't know if it's out on... Blu-ray yet or not? No, not yet. But it should be soon. It'll be soon, yeah. It's not in the theaters. They anymore. just released Deadpool and 
Gar- uh, not Infinity Gar- oh, Gauntlet. Look, Wars. you cannot so go by wait. the Marvel schedule yeah. for other movies. That's so completely they're, different. They're going to wait for those to settle down. <laughs> yeah, you, but you can't go by the Marvel schedule. That's a completely <laughs> different thing. All right. Anyway, what did you think going into Lane? I think, oh, hey, I've seen that. I'll watch that again. Riveting. Tony. <laughs> Although, hey, I've seen this movie. I'll watch it again. <laughs> Carly, I had seen this movie one time many moons ago. I remember that it was about a heist, and I said I should watch that again because people talk about it. It's a great flick. All right, well, since there are riveting reviews like this, <laughs> let me get to some other reviews. Mm-hmm. This one, you you tell me if this is the the bad or the good. Okay, this one's entitled "One of My All Time Favorites." That sounds bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just something about this movie that makes it so great. There's nothing truly outstanding about one aspect of the movie. Nothing will blow you away, but overall, everything is put together perfectly. Okay. I can see that. When I was trying to pick my favorite scene and favorite lines... Oh, that shit's so hard. It was hard. Yeah. Because there is nothing that really stands out as the best, but everything is good. Really. Spoiler. <laughs> I also had a hard time with favorite. You're an hour and a half ahead, <laughs> just so you know. I don't know. I also had trouble. What's with- in your gummy bears? <laughs> Would you soak those in something? Maybe. I had I had trouble with everything. <laughs> favorite scene, favorite line, favorite character, least favorite character, and even tertiary object because there's so many little things that you can mm-hmm. pick. That's just real that's good. That's true. Uh, what's well, the other review? Well, I was waiting for you guys to stop discussing. I know. This one's called "Everything About This Fills Me with Hatred and Animosity." Wow! Wow! This is a hot really? take. That take is so hot, it's like a volcano. <laughs> no idea why. Perhaps it's the needless Joshua Jackson cameo. Or perhaps Brad Pitt's sickening ego. But I genuinely couldn't stand this film. Before you I had felt it ego. nothing, had no original flavors, and it was a bit uh, exhausting. It sounds mm. like it's more about that person than the movie. Yeah. This was this movie was in the beginning of Brad's renaissance. <laughs> like, why call out Joshua Jackson? Of all people, he had like two lines the whole movie. He must have hated the creek. Mm-hmm. You know what? This guy wouldn't last a day on the creek. <laughs> you must not have watched Fringe. Yeah. Oh, that show is so good. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Is that everything? That's everything, right? I think so. Well, we uh, want to do some shout-outs. we got uh, oh, a yeah. lot of new fans. Welcome, friends. Say hi to the Netherlands. The it's Netherlands? Whole, the whole place. All right. Wow. Australia. Welcome, Netherlands. Amsterdam. Roy, Utah. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, uh, Scott Neal and Amy Bowen hmm. both uh, gave us a lot, some likes. And Leon O'Grean, uh, if I'm saying that right. Leon, if we're saying your name wrong, O'Grean, um, it's Tony's fault. Feel <laughs> free to send a nasty email to our Gmail account telling Tony he's an idiot. And happy we'll birthday. We'll read it on air. Happy birthday to Johnny. That's right, because. Well, actually, not. Oh. <laughs> He turned four this week. Ben's son turned four Aww. this week. His name's Johnny, too. So you and Ben's son share a birthday and Well, then this one name. goes out to little Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> it's his birthday. It's his birthday. Ben, you're our number one fan. We love you. And Nikki. And Nikki. <laughs> wow, it's a great, you know what? Has a great name, great month to be born. <laughs> Got a lot of things going for him. You know what else has a lot of things going for him? This movie. Hey, let's start talking about this movie. The movie it's opens a with, with, a, with, a, with a different kind of sound. What is that sound? It's the sound of a jail opening. And we get a close-up of Danny Ocean. He's sitting alone in a chair. 
Uh, this is parole hearing. We have a great line uh, asking, you know, hey, you're going to go to jail or there's a reason you got caught because you were implicated in several other crimes. And he goes, well, I was implicated, never charged. Well, is there a reason you got caught this time or a reason what's going on? He says, well, I just broke up with my wife, got in a self-destructive pattern. Well, is there a chance you'll do it again? He has a great line here. Um, well, my wife already left me once. I don't think she'll do it again just for kicks. Well, what would you do if you get out of jail? And he doesn't say anything. And the music hits. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, and we see Danny leaving jail. It was a there, very was, there was an original line mm-hmm. I read where he says, he asks the parole guys, what do you guys make a year? It's like fucking with them. Uh-huh. And uh, when they did a little research, they, they asked some parole hearing guys if they would do this. They said, if, if somebody said that to us, he would not get parole. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. Probably not. I am, I also read that uh, Steven Soderbergh wanted to shoot this in black and white. Mm. And they were going to, mm. the studio said, you can do that, but we're going to lower your budget. And he says, never mind. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was very low budget. Yeah, very low For budget. what they did. For who they have. Yeah. <laughs> it was very low budget. And a lot of the, um, the producer knew a lot of um, Vegas bigwigs and insiders. So that's why they got yeah. a lot of the shots that they did. Yeah, because you can't film so, inside. Casinos. Like, but this was pretty much already the max, but the lowest the budget could go. Yeah, so, but no he doubt. was, he did originally want to shoot it in black and white, which would have been cool. Also, I was very much enjoying George Clooney's hair this whole movie. It's been a while <laughs> since his hair was that like that, you and I was like, man, his hair is so nice. You know what's great about this scene? <laughs> Facial hair. I wonder if, um, I wonder if they'd ever do a noir version like they did with Logan, where they just did it in black and white. You know, they didn't well, film Logan that way. Well, what you could do is you can turn your TV out. into black and white. Just watch it. <laughs> that's like, true. That's an option. Every TV color scheme, black and white. Just watch the movie. True. See true. if it'll change it for you. There you go. <laughs> that whole noir thing, they just turned off that yeah. way. <laughs> it's not that complicated. All right, so we uh, we see Danny Ocean leaving, and he's wearing a tuxedo, which is kind of a funny thing to get arrested in, but yeah. he did. And he has his wedding ring, and he's walking out. Anybody know where state he was in? New Jersey. New Jersey, no. very good. I could smell it through the TV. No, well, well as he's walking out, it says North Jersey on the sign. North Jersey. Parking. I only know that. I did not see that. I only know You're it because... a lot of noise with that. That's okay. I'm sure our listeners will forgive me. I just needed some more nerds. <laughs> um, I only know it from the uh, parole officer. Where he calls us parole officer. There you go. All right. So we cut right immediately to Atlantic City. Um, it does make more sense to me now that he went there first. So I was like, why did he go there first? Because that's where Frank was. <laughs> well, they do make mention in the movie several times that he was from New York. So him being in Jersey, he could have right got arrested in Jersey. It is right there. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're a, a world-class thief, then that you could be anywhere and get arrested. Pretty much. All right. So he's in uh, Atlantic City. He goes to a casino, goes right to a blackjack table, and uh, he gets some, some change, plays a hand, and he wins. He plays one hand, and the dealer gets relieved by... Uh, a nice guy. We don't know who he is yet. Ramon. Ramon, as you can see right here. And Danny says, how you doing, Frank? He goes, my name is Ramon. <laughs> you must have me confused with somebody else. So after one round, rousing hand of blackjack, he tipped the dealer and then left. So he probably broke even. Uh, Ramon suggested he goes to the lounge to Caesars after 1 a.m. So we cut to that. Mm-hmm. And we see... Danny's sitting there and he's reading about Ruben's casino being knocked down. He asks him, hey, keep it up on current events. Danny asks him, Ramon? Yeah, well, Frank can't, can't, back, can't pass the game board. So immediately we find out these two have a history, you know? So mm-hmm. you just get out of jail, you go to see one of your friends. Yeah. And I'm not sure what a dealer makes, 
in Atlantic City. Depends but on I, the tips. <laughs> yeah, well, I heard in Vegas they make like a hundred grand if they're working like the, wow. the busy shift. I if, don't know. If you're at one of the big casinos like on the strip, they make a lot of money. But you got talent according, you know, with the cards. Yeah. You know, you can't just do that. According to that weird ass movie that Tony made us watch about the creepy mental mental institution, okay. like, you one? can make a lot of money as a dealer at a casino. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta have a backup plan when you're. But you gotta asbestos. go to casino school in mm-hmm. Miami. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Anyway, so. Taking back. <laughs> and Ramon, and Ram- I keep calling Ramon <laughs> in my notes, Mike Ramon. All right, so Frank asked him, you, you, you gonna see him yet or you know where he is? Last I heard, he's playing movie stars play cards. We don't know who he is yet, but we're gonna find out because we cut to LA and we meet who? Rusty. What's Rusty doing? No, first we cut to a phone, a payphone outside Trump Tower. And it's Danny telling his parole officer, I, I called to check in. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm not thinking about leaving the state. And then we go to L.A. <laughs> right. And there's a big sign. There's a Trump Plaza right behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's teaching Topher Grace and... Well, I wanna, we're going to get to that. All right. Mm-hmm. So, but we see Rusty and he's eating nachos. And what I want you to notice, Carly, I wonder if you noticed this, but in just about every scene that he's in, he's eating. No, I didn't notice that. In ev- I did notice yeah. these like 7-Eleven looking nachos. In every scene he's eating, and Almost in every scene. the last scene where he picks Danny up from the prison, he burps. <laughs> okay, I didn't notice that either. I didn't think you did. So I wanted to tell you that just so you'd watch it again and you'd notice. Mm-hmm. Friends, watch it again be like, wow, how did he not gain weight on this? How did he keep eating? <laughs> like if you're shooting a scene for like 10 hours, and you yeah. eat nachos for 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> when we first bought this movie on dvd one of the one of like the third or fourth times we watched it we listened to the commentary with the cast which has george clooney brad pitt and matt damon it's fantastic awesome it's the best movie commentary i've ever listened to and it was the commentary that made us listen to other commentary tracks on dvds because mm-hmm. before that we had had no interest in that I, lo- I love some commentaries it's really that good commentary well, this is one's on the best DVD. really absolutely the best you need it's to go home and so watch it again good. I know you I just probably, saw I probably have listened to it, but I, I don't know. But I it is that good. good. Next time, play with commentary. Mm-hmm. so good. All right. So Topher Grace walks up, and we have a little walk and talk about how, you know, are you incorporated? Because if you were, this could be like research for a future gig. And he do- and Rusty doesn't say anything. He's like, I'd have to pay you by check. And Rusty says nothing, and Topher backs down, or I'd just pay you by cash. Mm-hmm. All right. So we go into the club, and we hear some music, and... Tover's playing with his hair. We go into the back room. We figure out this is where to teach him how to play cards. This is a cool little uh, thing here. We have a bunch of... Um, they're not really big celebrities anymore, but at the time, these were like the young, hot actors. They were all teen movie stars. Um, your favorite being... Favorite tertiary actor on the at the table, putting you on the spot. All right. Well, my favorite actor at that table is... And you um, can't pick Brad Pitt. Is actually Topher Grace. Good because luck. I think he's super underrated and he's really excellent in everything he does. True. Carly? And I would it's my art. I like Topher Grace. All right, we're going to give Topher Although a big round cool of applause. Although it was cool to see that chick from Charm. <laughs> I, was saying, yeah, I, liked, I wasn't expecting I her. I liked her too, but, but she hadn't been in a lot. I like he's her probably she still been in my Charm favorite at this point. of the people that were there. But yeah, about, and if you want to see some quality Topher, go uh, watch Playing It Cool. Or listen to our episode on Playing It Cool. I actually liked him in Predators. So welcome back to the podcast, Topher Grace. That's true. Mm -hmm. We have a couple welcome backs in this. I don't think we'll actually get to them. But welcome back, Topher Grace. Now, they clearly have no idea what's going on, and they're betting. And we have uh, was it Shane has 
three pairs in a five-card game? Because you can't have three pairs in five. <laughs> <laughs> but Topher interrupts to play all reds. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dog? Yeah. It's really, really sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we cut to Rusty um, steps out for a quick drink at the bar. Now, what I always remember about this scene was from the commentary. Because in the commentary, Brad Pitt lets you know, it's like, that music's not there. Mm. <laughs> so it's just me and, and this bartender, and he's asking me, and I'm, you know, how you doing? And I'm like, longest night of my life. He's like, what? And he's doing a really good job of being able to not to hear me. And I'm yelling at this guy, I'm having an affair with your wife. <laughs> and he's just sitting there smiling. Yeah. Because it's really hard not to laugh. But that's, see, that's the joy of the commentary on this movie. Elaine, tell him how good it is. I already did. It's fantastic. <laughs> Anyway, so we come back and we find somebody else has joined the, the table here. Who's at the table, Carly? Danny Ocean. Danny Ocean. Now, and they have a moment. They have what's called a shared moment. Different from a diff- from Chasing Amy's shared moment. But they also share a moment. Where Rusty's just relieved to see his primo is out of jail. It's time he can get back to work. So now, I'm not sure that he did some side, you know, dealing, you know, from the bottom of the deck or anything like that. For this, for that hand of poker, but he's definitely keeping everybody else in the hand. I think he definitely dealt. stealing. Yes. Caught a hanger, did he? He was cold decking a bunch of team beat cover models. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He definitely he, was cheating. So good. Or he was just beating a bunch of dumbasses who don't know how to play. No, I think he was There's definitely that. cheating because he's a thief, mm-hmm. and that's what you do. Mm. Well, it keeps them all in, and he's raising the pot, hundreds of dollars. 500, another 500, 2,000, 2,000. Everybody's in. Rusty's trying to explain to him bluffing and all that kind of stuff. Right. He's trying to buy his way out of his bluff. Mm-hmm. This much money this fast? Scaring people out. Mm-hmm. He stays in. <laughs> and Danny has a great line. He goes, well, uh, I don't know how good four nines is, but I, I think the ace is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Beats to- all reds. <laughs> Beats all reds. And Topher's like, yeah, thanks for helping us with uh, calling out the bluff. So everybody's leaving the club now, and we see Brad Pitt and George Clooney walk through a mob of people, mm-hmm. and Topher Grace gets stopped. That Tony was awesome. loved that. that the only awesome. time that's ever happened. Ever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta think, I bet Topher liked that, too. It had to have been really fun for him. I bet everybody loved that who did, in that scene. <laughs> Actually, in the right crowd, I bet that would happen. Really? When? Like, when the 70s show was at its height, and you get a bunch of, like, teenage girls... Nobody cares about George Clooney. Who if was you're... fresh off of ER. No, he was not fresh off of ER. This was a while after ER. And you think you get 17... I can year... see him skipping Brad because sometimes he looks like a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes he has I'm a beard a... down to his ass and hair all over, you know. If I'm, a, if I'm like a 13-year-old girl, then I'm loving the guy from that 70s show. Mm. But the old dude who was probably... I wasn't watching my ER. Mom was my mom was ER, watching yeah. ER. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I watched DR ER because that, my mom watched That it. guy that my mom said used to be on The Facts of Life. I don't care about him. <laughs> he was on The Facts of he Life. Was. I know that's why I said it. Well, I was just saying because I just remembered that. Which is why I said it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So anyway. in the right crowd, this could happen. Depending on where they're at. It's still, it could happen. Highly unlikely, but in the weird... I mean, probably I mean, not we now, but, back, but at the height of the 70s show. That's what I'm saying. We run up because we're like, dude, that's the guy from our Dust Till Dawn episode. Check that out. <laughs> but 
than that other guys from our playing a cool episode. Oh, I don't damn. know, Tony. Which one are you gonna pick? I don't know. It depends. Do I have life in the time of cholera in my in my bag? Because <laughs> oh, if I do, have to get I, I want him do. to sign it because it's my art. I'm I know say, it's your art. You better. I know. I I said about how I don't understand autographs. However, if I met Topher Grace. That is what I would want him to sign. <laughs> I, would, I would want him to sign Life in the Time of Cholera. I would too. And put, it's my art, Topher Grace. That would be fantastic. Topher, if you listen, good. buddy. Um, if we can get four <laughs> autographed copies. In fact, honestly, if I was at like Comic-Con and playing it cool was there as a cast. It wouldn't be, but. <laughs> but no, but like. If it, Even I'm though just all saying, of those actors were in comic book movies, they wouldn't be there I know, that. But if we were at, at the playing it cool, pan, you know, signings. I would be more interested to get Topher Grace to sign Time of in the Time of Cholera than I would be to say hello to Chris Evans, who is dreamy. He is dreamy. <laughs> well, well Topher Grace may be there because he was um, Venom in Spider-Man. He was also yeah. in that movie. So you could have them both signed. And what's funny is that <laughs> she replaced that to a comic book character, comic book movie. And friends, if you don't know, when we did Playing It Cool, I did that as they were the famous comic book characters. You which, should go back and listen to that. It's a which great I episode. find really annoying and takes away from that movie. <laughs> I thought it made it awesome. I agree with you. <laughs> so hey, let's get back to Ocean's Eleven where there's no that superheroes. Was weird and confusing. <laughs> okay, so we've All left right, the happy bar. Happy birthday, John. We're gonna stick to the positive. <laughs> you know what's not weird and confusing? Your synopsis. Go- keep going. All right, so we have a, a drive and talk, and then a sit and talk, and they talk about the heist. Uh, so you want to? Was last time you were in Las Vegas? You want to rob a casino? And doesn't say he picks up three fingers. Three. Uh, the Melagio, Bellagio, the MGM Grand. And we cut to uh, a scene where they're in LA where they happen to find the blueprints for the Bellagio vault. Just happen to find them. They don't happen to find. They're just laying around. Well, they know where to go, yeah. but I'm thinking that the prints, the blueprints for that would probably be in Nevada. Why? I don't know. If the architecture firm that built those was based out of L.A., then they would keep their master blueprints in their L.A. offices. That's true. There's probably also blueprints in Nevada. I'm sure that I'm sure Terry Benedict has a copy of the blueprints, and there's also a copy at, secured at the architectural firm. Well, we'll get you know we'll get to that, but just then we learned that these are all Terry Benedict Benedict words are hard Terry Benedict casinos. Oh, wow, that's going to be a problem. Well, off the top of my head, we think we're going to need, I don't know, we need a Jim Brown, a Boski, uh, and the, the biggest, biggest Ella Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald ever. I love these names because they're supposed to uh, be like code names for different people who yeah. have different skills. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they just made them up or what. But they act like they know what they're doing. Uh, just then, security guard comes in, points a flashlight at him. What are you guys doing here? It's like, ah, come on, man, put that down. Sorry. Hey, we're going to take these blueprints, make some copies. Is that okay? Whatever you want. So you get the idea that these guys have been around. They, they have a lot of what they call hookups. Contacts. Contacts, if you would. And we get Rusty X's. Why do this? Don't say money. Elaine, do you know the speech? Go ahead. No, I don't know the speech. Carly? <clears throat> Tony, anybody want to paraphrase it? Go ahead. It's really great, though. Just do it. Why not do it? Do you want me because to? Because if you play long enough, the house always wins. Because I just walked out of the clink. Out of the clink after five years and found you cold beating, cold, cold decking, decking team beat cover boys. <clears throat> and girl. Mm-hmm. Well, you keep saying boys. I know. And without missing a beat, because this is kind of a corny motivation speech, and without missing a beat, Brad Pitt, or Rusty rather, goes, Did you practice that? And George Clooney just pops it right back to him a little bit. The seam rushed, the seam rushed. 
It's the like, team no, beat. I liked it, but the team beat <laughs> The team beat thing was a little harsh. <laughs> <laughs> and they go into the elevator to come in. We cut to Vegas, and we meet the biggest Ella Fitzgerald ever. Because that's got to be Ruben. Is it? I, I thought I really that, don't know. <laughs> I always assumed that the biggest Ella Fitzgerald ever was Saul. Hmm. Mm-mm. Because well, he Jim Brown is Bernie. Well, Mac. no, because <laughs> it's not over until the fat lady sings, and the cons and the curtain call is when fucking he. The biggest acting part. Is, yeah, is him I was taking thought, the is Saul. I always thought the biggest Ella Fitzgerald ever was going to be someone with, who's going to be bankrolling the thing, and this is going to be expensive. No, because I feel like after they talked about the cons, and then he's like, "We're going to need a really big bankroll for this." Who you got in mind? And then they, well, I don't know. I did not. I never. I, I don't think anybody salt. actually knows one of those things that there's <laughs> no. probably many yeah. fan theories. Yeah. But no one actually knows because it's it like was ma- all just bullshit. Magician speak. You know? Right. It didn't even occur to me to think about that. I always assumed it was. <laughs> no, I'm not salt. lying. When I was watching it and they gave all those names, I thought maybe those were little like diversions or little things they would need in the background in order to pull this off. Well, they, they <laughs> I didn't did. even realize they were talking about the crew. <laughs> they do more of this in the next movie where they're talking about different kinds of heists. It's like, oh, it's a looky-loo. Well, actually, it's a looky-loo with a bundle of joy. No, that's from a different movie. <laughs> no, that is from Ocean's 12. You just said in this movie no, they do more of that. said in the next one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's I didn't just hear like in when we I make you watch that just uh, fool us. Penn and Teller. Uh, oh, yeah. And at the Tony's end, been really into at that At the show end, lately. when he talks to the magician, he'll be like, wow, you really pulled a fast one on us when you slipped, you know, and he uses yeah. code, and the guy's like, okay, they know what I'm doing. Because they have, little, they have their like, little code words. Did you get that? Yeah. I don't know their code. If you're in the business, you know it, I guess. We don't. Guess we, don't so. we haven't knocked over, but what, three casinos, so we barely know any of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> nothing. Allegedly. I mean, we've only ever been in like three casinos. <laughs> <laughs> that may be a, a little more. Oh, well, Lena so, and I went to Vegas. We went to just about. We've every, all been to Vegas. We, yeah. we went to. We went like in every hotel on the strip. It was like, okay, we just gotta hit them all. Go. <laughs> I walked through them because they're kind of cool. Yeah, they were all really but cool. I didn't to walk through. gamble in them. I wanted to. Uh oh. Off the top of my head, I'd say you're looking at a Boski, a Jim Brown, a Miss Daisy, two Jethro's, a Leon Spinks. Jethro's are definitely drivers. Yeah. Well, Miss Daisy is a driver. A Miss Daisy is a driver. Not to mention the biggest Ella Fitzgerald ever. Yeah, so. Great. All right. Now we now we have the list. I got nothing. I think a Miss Daisy. I think you're right. Miss Daisy is definitely the driver. But then two Jethro's. I don't know. Because those were the just because they're the drivers doesn't mean they weren't. No, they also were the, the utility Jethro's. guys, not just the drivers. They were the yeah. utility guys. So you need two utility guys. Yes. So, so those are the Mormon twins. So the Mormon twins were the Miss Daisy and the two Jethro's. Could be. I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna say, I think that Matt Damon was the Leon Spinks, and the Boski is the Amazing Yen. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What's a Boski? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like it's it's funnier. Boski's a Greaseman. Everybody knows that. I just feel like it's funnier if the Boski, which sounds very ethnic, is also the amazing Yen. All right, so we cut to Ruben, who's who's enjoying a salad. He's really enjoying his salad. Wearing his matching robe and shorts. Like... (laughs) His, his clothes are obnoxious, but you figure so, he's rich, so he can do whatever he wants. Do you think that's pajama shorts and a bathrobe, or swimming trunks and a swim robe? Yes. I'm hoping the swimming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, they don't have the little flap at the front, so they're not boxer shorts. He was wearing short shorts. And the yard by his pool. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. And when you're that rich, you can wear whatever the fuck you want. 
He's he rocking it too. He's kind of old Vegas like yeah. that. That kind of creepy old <laughs> oily said, Vegas. Vegas casino can't be beat. They got cameras. They got locks. They got enough arms occupied uh, armed security to occupy Paris. Okay, bad example. Little World War Two joke. No, I don't. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he gives him the yeah. There's a list of them. Boski is Saul. Ah, okay. this is a reference. This is a reference to Ivan Boski, a big time trader on Wall Street who got caught committing security frauds. So the hmm. con is, is the con is about a wealthy bankroller who has info, insider information. Jim Brown is the confrontation between Frank and Catton and Linus, uh, staged to distract Terry Bennett so that Linus can lift the security codes to the vault, named for the famous American football player Jim Brown, blocker. Ah, um, a blocker. That makes sense. Miss Daisy is the SWAT vehicle used. The SWAT vehicle used as a getaway car from the film titled Driving Miss Daisy. Two Jethro's, the Malloy brothers, hillbilly gearhead types, hired to take care of Miss Daisy, distracting distraction purposes and for general two-man work. Mm-hmm. Leon Spinks. Mm-hmm. Leon Spinks' disruption of a boxing match. This refers to the surprise victory of Leon Spinks over Muhammad Ali. Ella Fitzgerald. So that's a power outage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ella Fitzgerald is a looped tape of a robbery that is played over Benedict's security oh, system. Oh. So they're not even talking about people. Reference no, we, we, we always just assume they were people, and he's just assuming, uh, talking about things. Reference to a 1970s commercial for Memorex in which the recording of Ella Fitzgerald's voice breaks a glass, and the question is posed, is it live or is it Memorex? Oh, I remember those. Is it live or is it Memorex? Where'd you get that from? How do we know oh, that's shit. authentic? I don't know it's authentic. It's just some forum, but... But it uh, does sense. We'll allow yeah. it. But that makes sense why they picked those things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, which them. says they got it from Wikipedia. So. Yeah. Which is what they we'll say that they got it from Steven Soderbergh. There you go. All right. So <laughs> and uh, so I've been trying to get to Ruben going over the three most famous robbers in the history of Las most Vegas. Most successful. Yeah, those two. Closest. Not most famous. Most successful. Which uh, they're not. No. So we have a guy <laughs> at the horseshoe grabs a lockbox. He gets two feet further than anybody else who. Um, uh, then we have the flamingo, where a guy grabbed a bunch of chips until yeah. he got bashed in the face with a billy club. That's what you get. Mm. And the, the most successful robbery in Las Vegas history was at Caesars in '87. I don't know if this the guy, robber would agree with. He you. came. This guy he came, actually. He saw. Tasted fresh tasted air. Tasted fresh air. That's what it was. Yeah. I like that. He came. He grabbed. Someone's saying, "Take my breath away." <laughs> they conquered. <laughs> So he got shot in the back as he ran. So the best is, is Tony this, was like, "Damn, that's harsh." <laughs> this guy's running out with like stacks of cash in his arms while he's wearing a pink shirt with like a white suit with the sleeves rolled up, mm. like Eight. he just left a set of Miami Vice and got bam. shot in the back. Bam, bam, bam. Doing his best Don Johnson impression. Mm-hmm. And he had a cigarette in his mouth too, which is great. Of course he did. It was the '80s. See, now here would have been my little twist on this. I would have loved to get some um, video footage of their first movie, the 1960 original Ocean's Eleven. And put that in there, but like mm-hmm. 1960, we had a group of guys, ex commandos, going to do it. That would have been great. A little nod, boom. Oh, everybody would have thought it was great. I'd have loved it. Mm-hmm. Elaine evidently wouldn't have. I, I prefer it if they don't, in a remake, if they don't make nods to the original. It clutters up the screenplay, I think. Yes. Okay. So, I Ruben, probably wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm I, being honest. That's why I think that they shouldn't do it because most people who see the remake don't remember the original or don't care and, and it, it just clutters up the screenplay the to shoehorn all these things in that only 10% of the people watching the movie care about or will even notice. Anyway, so Ruben turns them down but offers them furniture. Hmm. Which is nice. Consolation prize. I owe you curious. for that thing that we did that time. I owe you for the thing I'd never forget it. That, wasn't, that was my pleasure. I've never been to Belize. 
thing. But he's still curious. He still wants yeah. to know. Yeah. And hey. they know. And they know they got him. <laughs> and just as they're walking away, <laughs> Carly's right. He's like, yep, now we got you. So what are you thinking of doing? Which hotels are you geniuses picked to rob? details. Oh, the oh, bad Raj, You're the Mirage and the MGM Grand. Right. the guy that robbed that you. that guy. You, Those Terry, are Terry, Terry, Terry Benedict. Benedict. What do you got against Terry Benedict? What do you got against yeah. Benedict? <laughs> he torpedoed my casino. Muscled me out. He's about to tear it down. What's he going to do? He's going to put up a monstrosity. A gaudy monstrosity. <laughs> this this kind of thing used to be civilized. It, he'd rob a guy, he'd whack you. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and that was it. But you always say you fuck with Terry and he kills the guy that you owe money to mm-hmm. or something, like everybody you ever met. He he bankrupted his brother-in-law's tractor dealership. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> we'll, we'll that's that not later. in this scene. Yeah. That's oh, later. my bad. I thought yeah. that was a scene. My bad. I thought that this guy he'll kill you, and that's when then he'll go to work on you. <laughs> I thought Rusty had already brought that up. Not yet. It comes up later. All right. So he goes. You're gonna have to be nuts, and you have to have a crew just as nuts as you are. Who do you have in mind? <laughs> and we meet the crew. Frank C is in. Frank's mm-hmm. put in for a, a transfer. He just discovered he's got bronchitis from warmer climates. <laughs> I got bronchitis. <laughs> you see Bernie Mac holding a napkin up to his talking to his boss, coughing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. Uh, drivers, we got the Mormon twins. They're six months off the job. I have a feeling they're, they're bored. Having, as they're having trouble filling <laughs> the hours. Billable hours. We got a cute little scene of. Um, I love this scene. Of a big time monster truck and like a toy version of it, and they have a little control. race. And, yeah, yeah. The best part of this whole scene is, is when Scotty Khan's laugh after he destroys the remote control truck, and he just. <laughs> 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 like this evil laugh. It's so good. It makes mm-hmm. me giggle. And the look on his brother's face. Yes, it's fantastic. Electronics. We get Livingston Dell. Uh, Livingston doing work with the FBI mob squad. How are his nerves? Not so bad, you notice. <laughs> Not so great either. <laughs> and uh, we get a cut of Livingston working with the FBI. Munitions. And we follow. Oh, I didn't write down the guy's name, but he's dead. Really? Mm-hmm. Sam Flowers dated his wife for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Basher's in town. There may be a availability issue. Because Basher's on a job. And just then we cut to Basher on the job. And he's he's uh, blowing up a vault. Pop, 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 pop. And he walks awesome. in and he does a little spin. Just then the alarm goes off. And he calls a guy, <laughs> you Tulsa, you had one job to do. <laughs> and they all get arrested. But what happens, Elaine? Who saves the day? Rusty, mm-hmm. disguised as an ATF agent. Peck, ATF. Um, gets him out. Gets him out. Distracts the cop and pats him down. Did you check him for booby traps? Like, really, search? (laughs) I mean, like, everywhere. Even places you wouldn't normally look. (laughs) And then just then he goes, stand back. He pushes him down. He goes, goes, go find Griggs. Tell me to see him. And the guy's like, who? He goes, just Just find him, okay? (laughs) I got to think that cop wouldn't leave. Be like, all right. (laughs) No, of course he wouldn't. But anyway, so when you're rusty on on handcuffs, and they start to walk away, and they set a bomb. (laughs) Because he's like, can you do something with that thing I just slipped you? Already done. And then it explodes. <laughs> well, he says it's done. Like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. That's the way he says no problem. Okay. Like, he already had that in his back pocket. <laughs> and we cut to, uh, we got George Clooney, Brad Pitt are watching a circus. And which one's the amazing yen? Which the one is it, Carly? One. Can you tell? The, the little Chinese guy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look that hard. I went to an acrobat show once. They just did, as, they're cool. A circus all that kind of deal? Just as the words are leaving his mouth, the amazing yen does some amazing does shit. Does some amazing shit. <laughs> These are the only movies he's ever acted in, and he was traveling with. Oh, I 
that I can't remember the name of the circus, but an acrobatics group. The one I went to was the PK Acrobats. <laughs> but he was found in an, he was seen in an acrobatic troupe because they were going to go with a regular stuntman for this. And they hired him for this movie. And then afterwards, he thought about being a stuntman for a while. Or for, not probably not a while, but a little bit. But then he decided he didn't like it and went back to the acrobatic troupe that he was hmm. in. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You'll be 11. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we were talking about how his character could just go back to the acrobatic right. troupe. Yeah, you're not going to find him. Hopefully <laughs> nobody would ever even know we'll him. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Well... Now, uh, Danny's like, we got a grease man. We got a grease man. I know the grease man. Is, and he wasn't the, the Jim Brown, the Boski, none of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. All right. And we cut to Saul. Saul's at the dog track. And Rusty is, is going to make the approach. Because he's not going to want to do it. He retired. He's like, I saw you when I was making my bet. I saw you when you woke up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best there is, Saul. You and Cooperstown. You're at least going to tell me what the scam is, so I guess I know we go on about our day. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. <laughs> so he whispers in his ear, and Saul has his, his race tickets. He, like, faints like a heart attack and throws them <laughs> away. Yeah. All right. Because Rusty just gets up and walks away after he whispers in his ear. Mm-hmm. Then we cut <sighs> to Rusty and Danny. And that's 10. 10 ought to do it. So Danny's talking to... Rusty, Rusty, while Rusty's watching a commercial for the Klitschko versus... What's his name? Anybody? Lennox Lewis? Mm-hmm. No one? No. I didn't think Holly was going to get that. Klitschko. These guys were very famous boxers at the time. Oh, one of those guys was like the best boxer, like heavyweight boxer ever. Who, Lennox Lewis? Nope. Klitschko? Yep. I've never heard of him before. You've never heard of Klitschko? No, I've there's heard of Lennox Lewis. There's actually two of them. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of either of them. Well, the Klitschko brothers had a stranglehold in the heavyweight boxing title from about the late 90s until last Tuesday. Actually, a couple years ago. But Okay. Yeah. Well, I've never heard of heard of that name before. I have heard of Lennox Lewis, though, so... Well, boxing isn't very popular anymore. Well, I don't give a shit about boxing, but... <laughs> well, people used to. No, I don't care about hey, it at all. Hey, so anyway. So Rusty's he's laying his head down on the bar just kind of watching... And he doesn't make any emotions, doesn't talk or <laughs> nothing. Doesn't, well, you know, Danny's like, like, 10 should do it. We'll get one we more. We need one more? We'll get one more. We'll get one more. And we cut to Linus, because he's in Chicago. So he hopped a plane, went to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Danny's leaving another state. <laughs> we know. Well, we. <laughs> he obviously doesn't give a shit about his parole. Yeah. Well, we're on. Well, he's going to break it anyway, you know. I'm we're sure. on an L train, and we focus in on Matt Damon, so we know that that's going to be the person that we're recruiting. That, and of all the people on the train, he's the only one who's famous, so that kind of sticks out. <laughs> and he steals somebody's wallet. Danny watches this, and they both get off the train, and he walks by him, and Danny, like, literally just walks by. But in that walking by, takes that wallet and puts a business card in, in Linus's mm-hmm. pocket. Good job. He's a good pickpocket as well. And it says, nice pull, Emmett's pub. Then he flips it over and says, Daniel Ocean. And we cut to Emmett's pub. And Danny's like, hey, whose is this? And, you know, of course, being like any good thief goes, who are you? <laughs> he goes, Bobby Caldwell, friend of Bobby Caldwell's. Pretty trusting pretty fast because he offers him a job. Said, you in or out right now? He goes, eh, well, pretty trusting pretty fast. Well, Bobby speaks very highly of you. Fathers are like that. That'll do it. And we'll get to Bobby Caldwell, but not in this movie. Okay. Although, I was like, no, Because it doesn't come back. <laughs> I'll bring it up again later, though. All right. A little it, teaser. A little teaser. Yeah, we find out Matt Damon's his son. But he, nobody knew that because he doesn't right. want to ride on his he father's. Doesn't to, yeah. He doesn't want him coattails. trading on his name. Yeah, right. Like Stephen King's son. But He's, if he does this job, his father's going to be trading on his name. No, he. 
No, that's he what Danny said, says. He says you can trade on your own name. No, you can trade on yours. Anyway. That's not what he says. Okay. Right. So, Danny X is for the check, and Linus grabs the ticket to Las Vegas. He's like, that's the best pull I've seen you make yet. Well, of the two. Because he had his hand on the ticket, and he took it. Yep. Like, damn. Well, he had his hand on the ticket, and when he asked for the check, he lifted up his hand. He oh, did he? Yeah, he pointed to the waitress, and as soon as he picked up his hand, oh, I thought he, he was... grabbed it. Oh, I missed mm-hmm. that. Because I thought he had his hand Because he only takes it off for a second, and he, he goes, points it. he goes, can I get the check, and puts his hand down. His oh, right okay. hand. His left hand never left the wallet. Impressive. So, and we're good to go. We cut to Vegas, and the Elvis music hits. A little less conversation. And it makes me think of that TV show, Las Vegas. Which I like. show. I love that show. In Except the for the trivia. Yeah. I read the, the trivia, so I'm full of Dog fun Dog trash. <laughs> it was a good show, though. It was a great show. show until the fifth season. So they picked this song because it was a recognizable Elvis song that kind of makes you think of Vegas, but not, not Viva, Viva Las, Las Vegas, Vegas yeah, which they felt sense. would overpower the scene. Makes sense. Hmm. Uh, uh, that, the math checks out. A little out. two on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> and Viva Las Vegas was used for honeymoon in Vegas, so come on. Well, and this song had a resurgence after this movie was released. Well, Elvis had an album come out right around mm-hmm. this time, and this song was on it. And this it was helped the, that album it was, sell huge. Anniversary or something? Well, the way that the song is played in this movie and on that album is not how it was made originally. They revamped like the music in the background. It's still Elvis singing, but they changed the background. They made it more contemporary. Oh, okay. Remix. Did yeah. some sound mixing. It was a remix, if you will. So, and, uh, you know, we're at America's Playground. Man, do I love Vegas. Everyone shows up at Ruben's house at the exact same time, which I've always wondered that they, they could not have came in one cab. Well, well that's Ruben what Ruben asks. asks. <laughs> no, like, he says, you... did you guys get a group raid or something? Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, they have those vans that you can take. Yeah. It's, yeah. So they it probably all, all got... An... It was probably like seven or eight of them. The they weird thing is... around the same time. The weird thing is they all <laughs> arrived at the same... Yeah. Like... Well, yeah. if, I mean, if we all went somewhere... I'd wait for one of you. You know what I mean? Well, they, they wouldn't just go talk to this. They don't know each other. Presumably they don't know him. Uh, Presumably they yeah. They all know Ruben. They all know Danny. Yeah, and I'd wait for well, somebody I mean, else to show them. They the definitely wouldn't be waiting for Linus. None of those motherfuckers have met him before. And but nobody know, knows the amazing <laughs> Yen. But they know people are coming. I, mean, right. I wouldn't just walk in there by myself. You know? What's funny is Tony's that... Tony's saying he would wait outside. Until outside the house. Someone else came, yeah. Because they have a little reception. Which sometimes we do here. Even though we know you guys very, very well. That's because you're weird. <laughs> well, we have a little reception here, and they, everybody's having some back and forth, and they're chatting. And Danny comes out. <laughs> everybody eating? Good. Everybody sober? Close enough. All right. You, none of you are on the hook yet, but you know what I'm proposing is very lucrative and very dangerous. If that's not your particular brand of vodka, mm-hmm. no hard feelings. See you later. And follow me into the house. So they all go in the house, and I love Saul because Saul grabs an orange. Because remember, in the last scene, his doctor told him he needs to eat more vitamins. Mm-hmm. And I thought that should be a recurring thing in the movie, but this is like the last time he does that. No, the rest of the time he's chewing tums or something. Yeah, yeah. So he's got ulcers. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes inside except for Linus and Reuben. And Reuben only didn't go in because he saw Linus sitting there, and he's like, "You're Bobby Caldwell's kid from Chicago." He's like, "Yeah, it's nice there in Chicago." He goes, "Yeah, that's wonderful, kid." Get in the goddamn house. Get in the goddamn house. (laughs) (laughs) So, he gets up, he goes in the house. All right. And Danny goes uh, on a really long monologue here about the... You might have a little tidbit of something on this, Tony. Tell me about this this scene. What's significant about it? Who does... Oh, the... the, We talked about uh, it before we started. Danny Ocean. Yeah. 
Um, I don't remember where it is. You'd have to look it up. But um, there's, a, there's a point where somebody's talking to Brad Pitt and they're talking about Ocean's Eleven and they're like, well, hey, you know, it must be fun to just sit around with your friends making a movie that's real. That's got to be real easy. It must be just a bunch of laughs. And he goes, well, it is. But he goes, the thing you don't understand is that that scene with, with George Clooney when he explains the Bellagio, Bellagio. Bellagio, he did it like 120 times. And they were there from like five in the morning until like midnight. And he goes, and when they all had to stand there all day long doing that, he goes, can you imagine George, you know, doing that speech 120 times, you know, because that's what acting is. And it's not exciting or glamorous like you think it is. It's boring sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sitting next to. I don't think it is exciting or Matt glamorous. Damon, well, some long. people do. It's and, the parties you get to go to yeah. are exciting and glamorous, but acting probably is. Like, do you know how loud Bernie Mac's suit was? He was wearing a yellow suit in that scene. <laughs> you know how loud that thing was all day long? It wasn't that loud. It wasn't canary. It was mustard. I kind of liked the suit because he had the yellow suit with the blue shirt. It looked good. Bernie Mac can wear whatever the hell he wants. Well, he's Bernie Mac. He's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Danny Ocean gives maybe, him that. Maybe they buried him in that suit. Maybe. <laughs> It'd be a good one. It would be a good one. So Danny Ocean gives him the breakdown with a computer graphic of the... Of the scam, if you will. The, they go through the security. and Yeah, and the security and the cameras. And Saul's like, so let's see. say we get through the ca- <laughs> get through the, the the hallway we can't get into, down the elevator shaft with the lasers, and into the vault we can't open. Down the yeah. elevator we can't move, into the vault we can't, past <laughs> the guards with the guns, into the vault we can't open. And then, like, without being seen by the cameras. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention about the cameras. He goes, yeah, okay, so tell me we do all okay. that. We're supposed to go out of there with $150 million? In that hands? <laughs> Would that anybody notice? walk out the door? And he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eats another Tums. <laughs> At that point, I would eat a Tums, too. Yeah. Because, like, he just did the broad strokes of this is what we're up against. We yeah. haven't worked it out yet. So a Classic heist. So now, you know, the crew is in and the heat is on. And the crew's getting uh, the job of getting intel. There's uh, people around and they're getting little things here. We find one of the in-house technicians and Frank's sitting there. Oh, Crazy Horse 2. Charmaine. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, try and figure out how to get in and out. Next one. Power. Basher. It's your show. Great. You want Broke? Blind or bedlam? Please oh. don't. No. <laughs> Even Don Cheadle was mad about how terrible his Cockney accent was, and begged the and wanted to change it for the previous movies, and they wouldn't let him. Well, so couldn't. please don't do it. All right. Well, if if I do, then we're in Barney. <laughs> Barney Rubble. I please. <laughs> Barney Rubble. Please don't do your terrible British accent. <laughs> what? If, what if that's all that's keeping us from getting letter, uh, listeners in Britain? Is they turn that on and they hear your terrible British accent and they're like, "Well, fuck these knobs," and turn it right off. No, that's what might be like a taste of home. Right. <laughs> I'm not making fun of a British accent. I'm not doing a bad British accent. I'm doing a bad Don Cheadle. Who was doing such a bad accent that he was very unhappy with, and they would not let him change it. Third, surveillance. It didn't surprise me when that character was British. I was I like, I don't know why. Why did they make that choice? Because <laughs> Don Cheadle's a really good character actor, and I think that's just what he picked. Oh. Someone said, can, you know, this is what we want to see, and he's like, I could do that, because he's just a really good actor. He can do just about anything. He's really good. There's Johnny Depp, and then there's Don Cheadle. <laughs> I think Don Cheadle's better than Johnny Depp. And I much appreciate his accent work in um, Hotel Rwanda over there. Ah, uh, where he's like, more beers. <laughs> I don't know why. I kept offering people beer. It's a great, that's a good movie, that. though. It's, it's kind of weird. But. It's really good. You would enjoy it. I enjoy Don Cheadle. As a matter of fact, I have another Don Cheadle flick in mind. Uh-oh. Uh, maybe. We'll get to that. Iron Man 2? Iron Man 3. 
I really dislike Iron Man 3. That's why he's going to pick it. (laughs) (laughs) So next year around this time, we'll be sitting down talking about this little ditty called Iron Man 3. (laughs) The movie made a billion dollars worldwide. Just saying. I wouldn't pick it as a birthday pick, though. I would pick War Machine Rocks, all caps, as a good password, though. You're right. You know what? That is kind of unappreciated. I could do it next week or next month. (laughs) I do like me some Rebecca Hall. There you go. Who's that? That's the girl in it. That was supposed to be the bad guy, but Marvel said, we don't want a girl bad guy. So make, what's his name, the bad guy? Mm. What's his name? The main... The Mandarin? No, the other guy. The extremist guy. Extremist guy. There's like four bad guys in that movie. Mm -hmm. There's a... Well, they originally, originally supposedly, she was supposed yeah. to be... Eldridge Killian is his name. Yeah, him. Originally, it was supposed to be Rebecca Hall was supposed to be the bad guy. And you're supposed to go, oh, wow, holy shit, I thought it was the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. But then apparently Marvel or somebody was like, eh, let's get another person. Cause That's disappointing. That probably would have been better because that movie's crap. <coughs> all right, so... Anyway, Stephen thinks it's not crap. <laughs> Livingston's all about, hey, it's going to be a black bag job. <laughs> We're like, all right, that's great. <laughs> they have an in-house technician. Yeah, two of them, but only one of them is lonely. And thanks to Charmaine... Um, he's able to get his, his key card. His security badge. That too. Virgil and his brother had a little argument here. And this is fantastic. This is to get him, Livingston, in now. We've got the key card, and he's on his way so in. So they're on the casino floor. Right. And Casey Affleck. Virgil. Is, is he, I can't. Yeah, okay, so Virgil's carrying this giant thing of balloons. The other one's Tumblr. Mm-hmm. No, Tumblr was from a... <laughs> Tumblr's from Gone in 60 Seconds. What was his name in this? I forgot. I don't know. Mm. But so... Keep talking. So they bump into each other, and then they have this, which causes um, Casey Affleck to release the balloons, which cover up the camera, which calls the security guard away from the door, which lets Livingston go into the door. But they have this really fucking great argument, and most of their dialogue was improvised by Casey Affleck and Scotty Kahn. His name is Turk. And Virgil. Turk and Virgil. Well, Casey Affleck has a cowboy hat on. Yeah, a <laughs> terrible cowboy hat. And at one point, Casey Affleck says that he can't fool around with you circus animals. And it's just like, it's the perfect line. Because if you've ever been having an argument with someone and you run out of insults and you just like, you say just the dumbest thing and walk away, it's so perfect. <laughs> so that's what happens. And during this little to-do, the guard that was guarding the security door walks away to stop this. Yep. He's got to clear the uh, camera And Livingston is in, right. And Livingston is in. And we get the circus animals line and we're good to go. Now, <clears throat> Livingston has a map of the floor plan on his hand. Yep. He takes off his glove and he's able to see it. And he gets right there and he puts in some honey hooks. And so now... So they, they can tap so into the feed. So they can tap into mm-hmm. the feed and we're good to go. And he's got this little remote handheld thing and he's checking it and everything's going good. Mm-hmm. All right. And, we're, you know, everything's going great. But he's a nervous guy, so he's sweating a lot. So he's wiping so his face. he wipes his brow. And by wiping his Quite brow, a few times. he kills his map. Now he has no idea where he's going. <laughs> and he has ink all over his, his face. face. Yeah. And as we notice that we're up, Brad Pitt's watching, and, he go, and him and Danny are watching, and they notice, uh-oh, he's lost. Mm-hmm. But before that, <laughs> Brad Pitt asks, why do they paint hallways that color? I hear they say Coke is very soothing. That's what I hear. <laughs> all right. So can you stop crinkling the bag, if you don't mind? You're trying to make I less noise. I dropped a You're making a gummy lot of bear in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but each time you try to be Too quiet, you make it, you're really loud. Anyway, let me know how that gummy bear coffee flavor is. Not bad. Okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so now Livingston's having a hard time getting out, and he finally finds his way back. But just then, security guy. He can stop. I think that guy was a pit boss. Okay. Mm. Either way, someone goes in and finds his little handheld uh, computer device, and he's chasing him down. He's like, "Hey, man. Hey, you. 
and he and Livingston's freaking out. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. walking really, really fast. Gets to the door and stops. He's like, hey, you dropped this. He's like, has the, has the picture quad in those? He's like, it's outstanding. Because <laughs> I think he's he, like, that guy knows I'm an imposter, but that guy sees a care. million employees yeah. of this place. He doesn't know you don't work. Well, you got to figure, like, in a, a big casino like that, the Bellagio, it's a really big casino. Yeah. So I guarantee you, people will see they work there. They've never seen that dude before I in their in life. I worked in smaller hotels, yeah. and I don't. I couldn't tell you everybody that worked Especially there. If the, I saw you in a uniform, I assumed you were a new employee. Especially <laughs> if you're the AV guy. Who sees the fucking AV guy? Who knows who that is? Yeah. Until you, unless you have a reason to see them, you don't know who that is. And they have redundant security upon redundant security mm-hmm. in all kinds of forms. That's kind of the point of the movie too. Is yeah. they're they're not really worried about anybody hitting it because you can't. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So they're a little. Confident, overconfident of the security. Well, and we're out. Fourth task, construction. We have to build a replica of the vault. Practice? <laughs> sort of. Mm. Fifth task, intelligence. We need to key codes. Linus, I'm the only one who knows them. What, Benedict? Learn to love the shadow. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is, so now Danny's like, you got to walk before you can crawl. And they're handing, like, boxes about 15 feet for no reason. <laughs> and Rusty's like, switch that. <laughs> <laughs> They're putting construction them. materials down um, uh, yes, mesh that, that little conveyor belt thingy is about 20 feet long. They could just pick it up and walk it. <laughs> <laughs> Not if it's really heavy. It's 20 feet. Not hey, Tony, if it's really it heavy. Here we go. Oh, no, so we'll get it on there. And the speed they're, they're whipping these things across, they're not heavy because they're whipping Actually, those things down. Actually, we use those things to unload trucks at the store I work for. And you can put, like, 80 pounds on that thing and whip it fucking down. Yeah. They go really fast. So I beg to differ. <laughs> I'm just more impressed that they could build an exact replica. Well, they have which one of these guys lays tile? They've never seen Which <laughs> one of these guys puts up drywall perfectly? Uh, Turk and Virgil. Yeah, they're utility guys. Okay. Well, six task transportation. So the Mormon twins, mm-hmm. their names are Turk and Virgil, mm. and Frank go to make the deal with who? What's the guy's name? The car salesman. Billy Denim. Er, Billy, Te- Billy, De- Billy Tim Denim. Denim uh, like a jean. Denim like a jean. <laughs> you know, they told me to come see you. <laughs> and unfortunately, they couldn't make a deal, so Frank shakes his hands and he's like, ooh, you know what? You, do you moisturize? I like to, I use a little aloe vera. I love the way he says that. I don't know yeah, why. You're supposed to wear gloves when you go to bed, but... but that hurts my social agenda, if you know what I mean. I don't get it to the, the whole time, movies. they're shaking hands, and the like whole time squeezing they're talking, he's squeezing and squeezing. So he goes, well, if you were willing to pay cash, if I can go to 17, ah, 16. Did you like, do no, that? you do that. For me... Oh, Bernie Mac kills They him. told me to come see you. Oh, they did. Bernie Mac kills another scene because he's amazing. <laughs> uh, this was a really good scene. What's funny about it is as they're doing this, the Mormon twins are outside and they're shaking the van. <laughs> yeah, jumping up and down on it. <laughs> what are they doing? Testing its... Uh, they're going to have to carry something heavy. So. so the rule of thumb here, uh, friends, is that if you're going to negotiate for a car, talk about moisturizer and you'll get $10,000. Crush your hand. Yeah, crush your hand. <laughs> and we cut to Saul, who's getting fitted for a nice imported silk suit. It is nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is great material. It's imported silk so. Danny says, uh, can you give us the room here for a minute? Leaving just Reuben, Saul, and himself. And he goes, uh, you sure you're up for this? Okay. Oof. If you ever ask me that question again, Daniel, you shall not wake up the following morning. Kind of a weird way to, you know, threaten someone. Kind of Dracula-ish. It works, though. <laughs> a little bit. He says, he's ready. So Saul goes right into character. 
I'm not going to do the voice because Elaine gets mad when I do voices, but his name was Lyman Zurga. Lyman <laughs> <laughs> Zurga. So Lyman shows up and he's got the Mormon twins behind him as... Mikhail and... His personal bodyguards. Vladimir, yeah. Vladimir, yeah. yeah. His, his security guards, because these guys do it all. Yeah. <laughs> they do. But it really gives they you the impression their... this is an important guy. He's yeah. got his own you two walk in guys. with security guys, even, you know... Even they're like, wow, I think that was the same guys that were the, got into the art. Yeah. Isn't that the guy that delivers balloons? But they're in costumes. <laughs> no, they're in costumes. Every time we see them, they're in costumes. And you know what? Act as if. Mm-hmm. All right. So just then, uh, Rusty and Linus talk about, um, yeah, Linus. I was going to say Livingston. I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking mm-hmm. Livingston wasn't there. <laughs> so they walk by. We get Rusty and Linus talking about Terry Bennett. He gets to love his shadow. So Linus tells us about his daily routine. Mm-hmm. You know, he comes in every morning. She's got everybody's hand, knows everybody's name. Hey, Tommy has a wife, has this, that, and the other. Goes here, glad hands, a couple high rollers. This, he's talking to Rusty, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's not Linus's. Linus's. He says he's fluent in Italian, Spanish, and German. And he's learning Japanese. He's getting pretty good at it. And all this, you see Terry Benedict doing all this. Mm-hmm. So then he hits the casino and he gets the new portfolio with the new security codes every day. Two, hour, two minutes after the change, they're in his hand. Great. This guy is a machine if you will and uh, we get to this is where we get the, the talk about how to hear about how he bankrupted the brother-in-law's tractor dealership is in this scene uh. now what I always noticed in this scene was Brad Pitt's eating shrimp in this and you cut one he's got a cup full of shrimp and he's mm. eating his shrimps mm-hmm. and then you cut back and he's got a plate full of shrimps <laughs> <laughs> well. and then you cut back and he's got a cup full of shrimps <laughs> so either this guy has had a shitload of shrimp or they fucked up. Fun fact. There was multiple takes of this scene, and over all of the takes, Brad Pitt had to eat 40 shrimp. <laughs> which seems like not that a lot of shrimp and not that many shrimp all at the same time. Yeah. Because you've got to wonder how many takes, how fast did he have to eat those 40 shrimp? Because 40 shrimp, like, within an hour, that's a lot of shrimp. <laughs> but 40 and shrimp over four hours, that would have been fine. But I bet it, it was even worse super sick Pitt's of shrimp. The shellfish. No. <laughs> no, I don't. Suffers for his art. Yeah. <laughs> All the good ones do. Yeah, well, anyway. So now, here comes the girl. Oh, it's the best part of Linus's day. He doesn't know if he can use her yet, but... I haven't even caught her name. She's up there. She's a curator. She comes down after him if they're in a snit. And Rusty turns around like, he goes, oh, shit. He turns around and goes, Tess. Her name is Tess. Oh. And he is pissed. Uh Uh-huh. He didn't even get a kiss kiss, so now he's pissed pissed. Spent money money. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to the replica of the vault. And there's guys who are doing things. They're doing some gravel work and a little tile. (laughs) (laughs) Lyman Zerga himself is is polishing the brass in the room. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And Rusty needs a minute. He Uh, needs a minute. (laughs) We got to talk. Right now. Tell me this is not about her. Tell me it's not about her. I'm walking off this walking job. Out. It's like, what about her? It's like, tell me this is not about screwing the guy or screwing your wife. Ex-wife. God damn it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not about her. It's not. It's not. It's not entirely about, about her. <laughs> well, you can't have... Remember, Tess is not split 11 ways. He's Push got a really good shove. Fucking I need to know that you're going to choose money because Tess is not split 11 ways. And then mm-hmm. he says... If it all goes according to plan, I won't I will have, have to, to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Now, the best part about this scene is if you look in the background, is the Bellagio. So their little, you know, training thing mm-hmm. is across the street. <laughs> well, they're staying in the hotel. They they could walk there. Yeah. 
And when we were in Vegas, I'm like, all right, here's the Bellagio. We got to find that, like, hangar where they did all this stuff. <laughs> oh, no, there is no such place. And Elena's like, shut up, you moron. <laughs> I would never call you a moron. Yeah, well. I would tell you shut up, but I would never call you a moron. <laughs> Fine. Shut up, idiot. <laughs> Whatever she said that day. I can't remember. But I was looking for that hangar, and it's not there. <laughs> it, I don't know. Who knows where they were. But anyway. So we cut to Tess and Terry at the art museum. They do a little talky-talk. She's a curator. For She's a curator. Collection. Do you like it? I like that you like it, which is a really, like, boyfriend <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> Especially somebody that's not into art. And you're like, I really don't care. Like, yeah. All I care is that people come in here. That's it. You like it, and it's expensive. She goes to kiss him, and he's like, hey, people are always watching in the hotel. I'd be like, so? <laughs> he's Actually, hang is up. their relationship a secret? It can't possibly it be. It can't may, possibly it may be. Maybe he doesn't want to show. If they have dinner tonight, a uh, dinner every night in the restaurant, yeah. it can't yeah. be a mystery that yeah. they're dating. That would be a the cat's out the bag. But you're right. Maybe he just doesn't want people to see. He's, you know, he's very serious when he's on duty. Yeah, and he's never not on duty. Displays of affection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we cut. Nobody got time out. for that. <laughs> We cut to we cut to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> we cut to Lyman playing blackjack or baccarat or something, and he's talking to a guy who's who's a very serious man. He's the director. Mm-hmm. This is the director. Oh. The guy's talking to. Mm-hmm. Don't get into Terry Benedict for too much. He was like, "Don't deal from weakness." I also don't do voices. <laughs> you try though. I try. Um, he also doesn't do questions. So. Um, <coughs> Terry is called by the casino manager, says he wants to meet Mr. Zerga about something. Well, who is this uh, Zerga? I don't know him. Uh, he's someone in, like, real estate, very big. How's he doing? He's up 200 200000 or $200? 200000 200000 I was hoping it was 200000 They wouldn't like bother 200. talking about it if it was only 200000 200000 is up quite a bit. Yeah. Like, he should just good. leave. He should leave. <laughs> wow. Good for him. Yeah. Like, wow. He didn't hear Rusty's speech in the beginning. <laughs> Like well, you considering that one hand and you're up, you fold and you leave. Considering <laughs> that he's probably gambling with Ruben's money, I bet Ruben is expecting that back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, uh, yeah, probably. Anyway, all right. So, uh, just when this is going on, Danny crashes Tessa's dinner. Walks up and she's like, thirty seconds later, is about to call in a search." As she turns around, is like, "Oh shit, ex-husband!" Ballsy move. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, "Hi, Tess. How you doing?" And he sits down. She's like, why are you doing here? Don't sit down. They have a good little back and forth. They have a good line here. She's like, I don't have a husband. Didn't get the papers my last day inside. I told you I'd write. <laughs> That's some stone cold shit. He to also say to says, I paid my debt to society. And she Funny. says, I didn't. got a check. Yeah. Like, I hope this is improvised. I doubt it, but it's really good. Yeah, it's pretty snappy. And whenever I order whiskey, I was ordered the same way. Hi, can I get a whiskey and a whiskey? <laughs> have you ever ordered whiskey? Once, but it wasn't for me. I want to say you said that to me at the party, actually. Yeah. <laughs> when I was pouring whiskey. When you pour whiskey, yeah. yeah, I'll have a whiskey. You did say that. And, whiskey. and whenever I have a whiskey, that's how I order it. Yep. Or twice. <laughs> Both times. That's 100% of the time. Hey, something. This math checks out. Let me look. <laughs> Carry the one. Yep. 60% of the time works every time. <laughs> All right. And there's another great line in this whole thing. He's like, you're a thief and a liar. I don't do that anymore. Thief, lie. <laughs> oh, Beautiful. I cut back to Zerga, who's talking with uh, Terry Benedict, and he tells me he has a package arriving, contents are very valuable, and he'd like to, he's like, great, I'll put it in the house safe. He's like, the house safe is for storing brandy and grandmother's pearls. Come on. Come on. I'll make it worth your while. So, what he does is uh, agree to have some explosives in his safe form and in the vault, <laughs> and we're we'll move on about our day. 
cut back to Danny and Tess are now in like a full on fight. But not yelling. Because she wants pretty, him to go away. Well, if you were getting di- if you were divorced and your ex husband shows up, he's probably gonna upset your your dad. I would want Especially you to go away too. <laughs> well played, Tim. Thank you. <laughs> but at this point, she's saved by Terry. Mm. He's like, "What are you doing?" And as he's drinking whiskey, he's like, "Oh, hi. I'm in your seat." Gets up immediately, and Terry, like a stone cold pimp, sits down, stares at this man's wife. Takes this Ex-wife. man's wife, whatever, <laughs> by the hand. Is, is like playing with her hand, kissing her hand while he's just sitting there. He's like, stay for a drink. And Tess and Danny are like, he, he can't. can't. <laughs> 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 and, uh, well, so you recently got out of prison. Is that right? Yeah. I know everything's going on in my hotels. It's like, so I should put those towels back? He's like, no, you can keep those, but I'm going to keep banging your ex-wife. <laughs> Doesn't say that. That's what was implied. Yes. I heavily implied. Uh-huh. So then they leave, and he's like, Tess, Danny, like, Terry, Danny. <laughs> he's like, I'm a bad motherfucker. <laughs> and this is why he can't be my least favorite character. It's like, God damn it, he's good in this. He's Andy really, Garcia really good. has a very soft-spoken kind of menace. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. very wonderful. Except for in Godfather 3, where he was overtly <laughs> angry, like the whole movie. Well, yeah. and in... Um, and I slept with his cousin, but that's kind of... Well, you know. No, I meant in this movie. Like, oh. his voice, he has just a very quiet, soft-spoken menace. He never raises his voice, but you just feel really... He does raise his yeah. voice. At the, well, when he's getting robbed of $160 well, million, yeah. that'll... that'll, that'll Tell we'll me how they that. hooked into my system. Yes. <laughs> but I just right. really like the way he speaks. So we cut to Linus, who's, watch, who's watching Danny. Oh, He's spying on his own guys now. What a schmuck. Well, he was hot. he was told to follow Terry. Well, he was also told to follow I know, Danny. I know. <laughs> but we don't know but they're in the same I place, know. so whether he was following Danny or not, yeah, he yeah. was going to see him there. And we cut to Basher, who's uh, working on his explosives, and he's turned him into Jules. Hmm. But just then, the, the combatants of the fight, who you, none of you know, <laughs> they implode Ruben's building. And uh-oh, what happens? They take out the power. Oh, great. And he's watching it on TV when it's happening. <laughs> right behind him, through yeah. the window. That's pretty funny. Which is some weird thing, but hey, Vegas. <laughs> All right, so the crew's back in, in their little dress rehearsal, and Yen goes for, he comes out and goes for his little move, and what happens? Ten says he shorts it. Twenty. But does he short it? Nope. nope. Nails he, it. He's perfect. And That's why he's the amazing Yen. And Basher comes in, <laughs> window, window or aisle, boys. Yen. I don't get why that's. A I thing. think that's for your plane ride home. Mm. Well, Basher stinks. He's well, a lot of the... shit he says here yeah. doesn't make. Because he says sense. a bunch of things <laughs> yeah. in this next scene here, that no one gets. Yes. <laughs> and we find out that they figured out what they, how he was going to knock out the power. Only they like found the problem, and now they fixed it. Because they accidentally knocked out the power. Right. They're they... sorting it out. Sorry. She gives me this look every time I do the voice. <laughs> and she's like, "Stop it." So like, what are we going to do? Like, well, oh. Unless you want to do this job in Reno, we're in Barney. Barney oh. Rubble. Trouble. Yeah, I don't know how that works either, but <laughs> yeah, it's, that's it's, the line. Yeah. She says Barney, everybody looks at like, what? Barney Rubble. Rubble Trouble. You know, it's British speak when they rhyme shit. I don't know. But anyway, so Elaine, what do they do to fix this problem? Well, they're going to need a pinch. A pinch? What's a pinch? A pinch is like a bomb. Apparently it's an electromagnetic pulse bomb. <laughs> Which it's is a, impressive. It's a nuclear blast without the nuclear yeah. part. <laughs> in, in the trivia, it says that um, 
this like most pinches are actually the size the size of a van but would only knock out an area of like 10 feet <laughs> that in order to knock out an e-impulse is big enough to knock out all the power in vegas you would actually need a nuclear blast because that's the only thing that generates an e-impulse that big Tony was concerned wow. after watching the core about anybody with a pacemaker who happened to be in Las Vegas at the time. That is a concern. <laughs> that that is a concern. Well, because I was like, what about Excellent all the guys? Point. I was like, what about all the guys with the pacemaker? And then I said, oh my god, I just used the core for a science fact. <laughs> <laughs> or anybody in the hot in the hospital because your backup yeah. power. Or flying a plane or yeah, EMPs don't work. Tony like was very so concerned, we'll just, and then he was like, I can't, exactly I can't, I can't, I can't. I love that. That's fantastic. And we we've all been to Vegas. What you do we is you make your pacemaker out of unobtainium, <laughs> and you're fine. Well, you just you get a use bunch the of core for missiles and stuff, and you put it together as an electromagnetic heart. Uh-huh. Mm. Tony Stark did it in a cave. That's really funny. Trash, <laughs> sir. I'm not Tony Stark. We'll never. I'm never gonna let you live this down. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, so I've taken it to the core of my soul. <laughs> Ouch. Danny Yen, uh, Basher. The Mormon twins and Linus all head to California to get the pinch. Which they shouldn't have brought Linus. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. Have. Why yeah. did they bring him? I don't think. I wonder if well, he just got in the van. Yeah, it's heavy. He does I seem guess. to want to be more involved than they're letting him be. And they leave well, Linus in the van. They're like, "Where are you going? I'm coming with you." Nope. Sit down. He's like, "Don't leave me in here with them." Yeah. I understand those sentiments. I'm, I'm <laughs> not touching you. Well, Linus has a very specific set of skills. And you don't want to lose him or hurt him, and you want to keep him doing what he's good at. He's not a, He's not going to beat people up. He's not carrying mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, but and he also probably came because he wants more experience. Yeah. So anything that he can be involved with. But they won't let him. Eh. So anyway, the guy steal the pinch, but by now, Linus has gotten frustrated and gone inside the building. Mm. And by we see the that, brotherly bickering that's happening. Mm-hmm. And we see that Linus is running from security now. And like, well, shit. We gotta go in there and get him. He goes no. in as no. they come out. Right. Yeah. And they could have been gone. And they're like, because they started to leave and they're like, where's Linus? And then they see him and they're like, should we go back for him? And they're like, fuck no, then we'll all get pinched. And then well, Linus... And Basher calls him a donut. Linus smashes a window open and runs off part of the roof. <laughs> and Rusty goes, back it up. <laughs> and during all this, Yen hurts his hand. Mm. Because Linus jumps in the van and the door shuts yeah, on mm-hmm. on his hand. On his hand. All right, you we, don't want to hurt your grease, man. I know the one guy you don't want to hurt. Fucking uh, Linus. At this point, Reuben is worried. Man, where are they? They should be back by now. <coughs> but Saul doesn't break character. They will be here. <laughs> <laughs> they will be here. What does that even mean? Schmuck calls him a schmuck. Yeah. All right. And we see, uh, the, and now the guys are back. We see tension between Danny and Linus, uh, and Rusty's in the elevator with him. And they're just kind of there. Uh, Livingston tells us we have another problem. Uh, he explains that you've been red flagged. Looks like Danny has been sent out to all the casinos. Don't let this guy in. He's on parole. Blah yada yada yada. Bada bing bada bada Basically, you go in there following you. They're gonna right. watch you like a hawk. And they're probably just going to throw you out. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah, Russ is like, like, what the fuck? I don't he's understand. like, I don't know. And Linus is like, come on. You've been following his girl for a day. Well, who told you to be following me? Ooh. And Russ is like, I did. Uh, fight, and then fight, Saul's fight, like, fight. Tess is here? She's too tall for him. Too tall <laughs> for him. Yeah. Right now, she's too tall for him. <laughs> that was great. And I love that because you can see how some of them know each other yeah. from years ago. And Saul being like, if he's like, wait a minute, Tess is with Benedict? What the hell? Because, you know, they all, I didn't like... not anything about Benefit. She's, it's just, she's too tall for him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
So, uh, we have a little fight, and Danny is out. Bye-bye. Linus is now on deck to trigger the vault. Yep, Ford Kid. Rusty's taking over. You made it my call. All right. He was putting her ahead of the heist. And now, guess what time for? Showtime? Time Time for the heist. Mm -hmm. Linus is dressed out, and he looks a little nervous. Rusty's giving a little pep talk and says, Don't use seven words when three will do. Don't look up. They know you're lying. Don't look down. They say you don't know. And whatever you do, positively, do not. Rusty. Yeah. Coming. (laughs) And just leaves Linus there. This is one of the greatest hanging movements ever because look at your little machine there what was he gonna tell him i just need to know <laughs> should okay so you've never seen any of the other oceans movies oh, should i spoil for carly what bobby caldwell does for a living no okay then never mind <laughs> well how much how motivated are you to not oh i'm gonna watch him all right then, then i'm not gonna spoil it because um linus Friends, you know you know we find we meet both of linus's parents in the other movies in the next two so movies. you meet mom in 12 dad in 13 in dad in 13 Okay. And when you meet Dad, something in the first movie makes a lot of sense. All right. Right. I believe you. But I won't bring it up. But we're borrowing them from you when we leave tonight. We're okay. watching them this week. Well, we can talk about it next week. Mm-hmm. Our friends, <laughs> so you should look forward to that. I mean, like, on here or, like, just hanging out? Just hanging out. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then, friends, and I'm we'll, gonna spoil we'll it record for you this right for you. now. <laughs> My favorite tertiary object no. in Ocean's 13 is when they're on the roof and the night fox shows up, oh, and no. his outfit is my favorite tertiary object. <laughs> so just keep your eyes peeled for that. My favorite tertiary object is the nose. It plays. The nose plays. Definitely okay. plays. All right, that's going to make sense to you later. And friends, if you've seen Ocean 13, that makes sense to you already. So, all right, we're at the MGM Grand, and the fight here, and Zerga is outside waiting for his package. Frank is at the table dealing blackjack, and... So I'm figuring, uh, where are we now? I just lost Linus that thing. Linus goes to Benedict yep. and no, says, I'm no, with the gaming commission. Frank is dealing yep. blackjack. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they're going through Linus's set. They put Yen in the cart. Not yet. So This is after Zerga. Well, Zerga's yeah, waiting outside. Thing happens We're first. getting a lot of uh, back and forth. And um, <clears throat> Terry sees Danny in the slots and calls and says, hey, you know, we need to get this guy out of here. So, and Terry meets up with Zerga. These guys pull up. They got the mm-hmm. case with the handcuff. And just as Saul's walking there with his guys, we meet Bucky Buchanan from Saratoga. Or, or from Saratoga, and that's when we learn that you know the Mikhail Vladimir, and they take him out. Of there. And he's like Saul. Terry gets that little, gets a little hair up his nose. He's like something's not doesn't smell right here. We also get we're also not mentioning you get Saul's having problems. With his yeah. ulcers. He's yeah. sweating. He's and, sweating. Yeah. He's looking mm-hmm. uncomfortable. He's yeah. chewing a lot of He pops of up every once in a while. And he tells him he can't bring him directly into the vault. You'd be able to watch from a camera. And he goes, well, why not? He goes, uh, insurance for one, security for another. And most of all, I just don't trust you. Just don't trust you. Mm-hmm. Which is a good answer. Yep. All right. And we cut to, we see the pinches on the move. But we have a close-up here of one of those pine car for air freshener yeah. things. Mm-hmm. For no reason. Pine fresh. But we, but we will, Miss Daisy. All right, so now the gang's all in position, and Linus is up. And uh, Yen is in the... Amazing. He's getting, he's getting wrap, wrapping up his hands, and he's getting ready to put in his little money carrier thing. Yeah, because he gets to the vault at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's got 30 minutes. Linus meets, greets Terry, says, Hi, how are you doing, Sheldon Wilson from the NGC? I'm going to need two minutes of your time. He's like, I always got time for the NGC, because mm-hmm. I don't think you really have a choice. <laughs> no. Nevada Gaming Commission. Very yeah. good. That's the NGC. All right, so Linus watches as Terry pulls the security codes. 
and puts them in his uh in his pocket. In his breast. In his breast. In his breast his right pocket. jacket pocket. Just like in Mission Impossible Two, it goes in the right jacket pocket. Mm. Mm-hmm. So what we learn here is that uh, unfortunately, it looks like you've been employed a felon here mm. on your on your floor. And he's like, "So how you doing? I'm Sheldon Willis." He's like, "Can we do this off the floor? Good idea." And they leave the floor. Go to a little side office mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for beatings. Danny confronts <laughs> Tess beatings. again. <laughs> oh that, no, that's somebody else. Sorry, <laughs> but it probably is beneath for beatings. <laughs> Danny confronts Tess, and, and she's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I just came here to say goodbye. And she immediately goes pissed off to, oh, I wanted to fight a little. She's yeah. like, you're up to something. And he's, he's like, like nope, yeah. I'm just leaving. He's like, I've got my tuxedo on. I'm ready to go, because I travel in style. <laughs> he gives a little kiss on the cheek. They have a shared moment. Move on about their day. But we see somebody else is there, too. We see Terry's goons, and they're following Danny. Uh, we cut to Linus. Twins. Who's Are out they real ag- twins or is it the oh, same guy? They wonder. look like twins. Oh. Um, <laughs> I never thought about it. They probably just hired twins. Yeah, probably just hired easy. twins. It's, I'm, it's I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to need two bulky looking twins. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm sure. checking the IMDb's as we speak. All right. So we cut to Linus who's outing Ramon as Frank. You are Frank Catton, formerly of the... Of Atlantic City... Vir- or Atlantic City, Virginia. Atlantic City. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. And Frank calls him a cracker. Cracker ass, cracker. Cracker ass, cracker. <laughs> Black man can't wage in this town. Might as well call it White Jack. <laughs> white Jack. And it's like. So good. Did he make that up? Because I would have a hard time in the room with that. I'm sure he probably did. I mean. And so. He's like, I don't. Race doesn't have anything to do with it. He's like, I'm just trying to do my job, sir. He's like. And he turns to Terry and says, you of all people should know that. We always hire, hire uh, people of color. And he's like, oh, I didn't mean it. Cause <laughs> no, now Bernie he Mac, didn't say people of color. He says, we colors. support the hiring of colored people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. He starts to stand up and tears and, it. All right, all right. So now we get, this is where we get the Jim Brown. Because yep. now he's blocking as Linus gets the codes. Yep. And you can tell it right away because Bernie Mac looks at Linus and Linus gives him the nod. Mm-hmm. Like, I got him. Because if he didn't get him, I think he would have lunged him again. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. All right, so now the Mormons drop off Yen, and he's like, hey, where's your card? Oh, I forgot it. You're so stupid. They have a fight. They get Yen in. Mm-hmm. Security guys take him to the vault. Because this is Terry's mm-hmm. personal. He says, supposed to go to the, supposed to go to the whatever. And he's like, well, this is Terry's stuff. It goes to the vault. You know, like, oh, stuff. oh, shit. It's stuff. It's stuff, yeah. All right, so Frank's getting right. scored off property. And let me finish this, then you go. Mm-hmm. Frank's getting scored off property. And he's sitting there, and he lunges at him and goes, Crackle! He's like, oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> and he scares him a little bit, and then they're walking out, and then Terry's walking with Linus. He's like, oh, my God, I forgot my beeper. That's how old this fucking movie is. He has yeah. the beeper. He's like, uh, I'm going to go back and get it. And he's like, do you know your way out? And he's like, yeah. And good. And walked away. Yeah. Now you go. Okay. So, they are actual brothers, David and Larry Sontag. But it doesn't say if they were born in the same year. Because their personal details are very lacking IMDb. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> but they are brothers. But there's two of them. But we don't know if they're twins. Yeah, well. They look alike. Close enough. And they're about to escort Danny. They look alike. They talk alike to a room. Sometimes they do twins. They're not the Patty Duke twins. Anyway. They're about to escort Danny to a room. So, yeah, and they take Danny. So, the, the Patty Duke twins take Danny to a room, and he's waiting for Dan, uh, for Terry, and he's like, no cameras in this room, huh? Don't worry about it. See what's going on here. Terry's not coming. Terry's not coming. <laughs> He's not coming. And you hear a... Who is it? It's Bruiser, a very large man. Kind of looks, like, looks like the guy from Green Room. Kind of. A little bit. But it's All not. right. Just then we see Yen is dropped off in the vault. 
and the security guard takes Lyman's uh, briefcase, puts it right on top, and he's like, shit. Mm. Everybody watching says, shit. They actually do say, shit. Stop and say, shit. <laughs> With the weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Elena doesn't get it. Anyway, so now we cut back to Danny and Bruiser. Bruiser hits him, and he's like, Bruiser, not na- I told you <laughs> later. And he's like, I'm sorry, Danny, I forgot. This is, this is the 11th the- accomplice. How's the wife? <laughs> She's, the, she's pregnant again, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that happens." That happens. <laughs> and they get to work. And they get to work, and Danny goes up into the ceiling. And Bruiser fakes the fight. Yeah, for yeah. a long time. For a long for time. For thirty minutes. Yeah, he figures he's got thirty minutes of breathe time. Like the two guys outside, like I think he's dead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Linus is now in the. He's in the elevator, and Linus cuts off the live feed. And how does he get everybody? Livingston cuts the live feed. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Linus, meanwhile, Linus is go- going to an elevator. He's in the elevator, and he's going to go up, and, and just as he pushes the thing up, who's waiting for him? Danny. 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 That would scare the and shit out of me. This is when Linus crapped his pants. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you got another pair of pants? Cause I- <laughs> but right as he's approaching the elevator is when the feed switches over. Right, and they just Because the security him. guys are like, what is that guy doing? Where is he going? And bloop, he's gone. And, and just <laughs> then, Saul has a heart attack. Yeah. He's like, oh! Distracts them. Mr. Zerga. Mr. Zerga. And while the fight is about to start. Somebody call a doctor. Someone call a doctor. And Dr. Rusty's on the way. That wig. <laughs> Somebody call for a okay. doctor. Someone call so for a doctor. It's not quite as bad as the axe wig. But fun <laughs> fact, this was the stand-in wig for the Austin Powers movie. Wow. <laughs> so they used this nice. they used this <laughs> whatever wig. they have lying around. Yeah, so this is like Yeah, I'll take that. That's fine. So this is they said it wasn't the act the wig used in the filming OB, scenes, hey. but it was the wig like his practice wig for the first Austin Powers movie. So wow. they just, somebody think, just had this laying around and, and they were like, mind, you Brad know Pitt what? walked around and doing the Austin Powers voice <laughs> all, all day. day. Yeah. Well, no, cuz you got to think they probably had the same like makeup artist or whatever and they're like we need a really terrible wig. And they were like, well, I got this practiced Austin Powers wig. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the stand-in wig. Yep. All right. Danny and Linus are talking about, are out there. It's like, so the whole thing with Rusty, that was all just a, a thing? And he's like, yeah. It's like, why don't you just tell me? He's like, where's the fun in that? Yeah. It's like, because oh, during the elaborate scheme to steal $160 million, like, you know what we should do? Other than that is I'm going to also get my ex-wife guy. back. Yeah. Let's fuck with people. These two guys are sociopaths. Well, He's yeah, like, they're you not. Don't trust me, I do now. <laughs> they're not good people. They're professional thieves. That's right. Are there any amateur thieves? Because the definition of professionals, you get paid to do it. <laughs> oh. Oh. So an amateur thief would take things and give it back. Well, if you're good at something, never do it for free. They're successful professional thieves. Well, so why would it, you have to be called a professional thief? Because by definition, you, a professional does something for money. So there's no amateur, so you can't... Well, I would, say, between, I, would say a pro- I would say a professional thief makes a living stealing, whereas an amateur thief just is something they do on the side. Yeah, I'll go with that. That makes sense. Like the housewife Hello. that shoplifts because she's bored is an amateur thief. Uh-huh. Whereas someone like Christine's Incan had Incan matrimonial headmask to sell in the well, black market, <laughs> but he to pay their get mortgage a good fence, and that's how he got caught. So that was not. Well, he, but was that a real story <laughs> or a made-up story? I still want to know. That sounds like a Kevin story. 
There's boatloads of money in them, though. If you can yeah. move them. Which you can't. But you can't. <laughs> yeah, I skipped all that for time purposes, so I'm glad we brought it back later. It was great. Like, an it's hour still later. good. It's still good. Anyway, so that was what they talked about during the Shh, poker Don't ruin it. They'll have to watch the movie and find right, out. Well. So where am I? Who am I kidding? They've already seen it. They love this movie. That's why they're listening to this episode. That's right. We Stop. are... In the, the elevator. elevator. No, we're not. We're the past The feed that. is switched over. Yep. We, we're, we're ready for that EMP. Danny and Linus are ready. <laughs> no. Check. We are at Dr. Rusty giving mouth to mouth to Saul, and he wipes his mouth and goes, I'm sorry. This man's dead. <laughs> He's dead. And just then, the Mormon twins show up, and he goes, dude, I told you to get here fast. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> like, these two will just fight it anywhere. But they're the all paramedics right. and the guys, but they lost him. So now we get they're gonna take us all away though. So they take him out on a stretcher and we so get Livingston. We're set. Now, Basher, we're set. And everybody's like on Basher. And he's like, uh, mm-hmm. hold on a minute. <laughs> we don't have a minute. Yeah, he's <laughs> gonna die. Well, then you better quit off both of me then. <laughs> yeah. He says, leave off bothering me because he keeps Whatever. interrupting him. But he's he's ready to set it off. All right, and the fight has started, and not you know the actual boxing match has started, <laughs> and the pinch is ready to go. And he hits the pinch, and he covers his nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a John Cheadle improvis- improvisation. It was not in the script. <laughs> Which he I would do. Yeah, he covers a little, them, turns and turns away. away. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Which, in my mind, I'm like, I would probably. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't help. You gotta no. think but <laughs> that that was something he improvised. So the first take of whatever that was, you gotta think they all cracked up. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere, Brad Pitt is on the side going, why? <laughs> you would do that. <laughs> that math checks out. All right. So now, but the lights go out. And the lights come back all on. And all hell is breaking loose. The hotel oh, yeah. is a mess. The fight's a mess now because they're not really, they're trying to get at the each other. The casino floor is a mess. People are starting to fight. Chips. They're grabbing chips. Dogs and cats are living together. <laughs> mess is terrible. I have, yeah, to ask a question. I have to ask a question of Tony and Carly. Mm-hmm. So the lights go out. They're in the elevator and they're on the little... The lines clamps, that yeah, the that clamps that drop them down. Broken the glow so, sticks and dropped John them down. says to me, How the hell do they get the cable to release? And I say, They grip the little things. The, they cut them. The, no, no, no. How do they go down? How do they drop Because they're just sitting there, and then all of a sudden they drop. When, they, when the line descends down the elevator shaft, I said that they have a thing that they squeeze that That's releases how you're the, to do it. Yes. the line. And John's like, But they don't do that. And I'm like, No, they just yes, fall. No, they crack the things, they they push the they grip the thing, it releases the line, they drop to the end and they run out of rope and then they cut them. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're supposed to do. But they're hanging but they first. Fell. Like they were they were going way too fast for the squeeze thing that I've ever seen when people do the squeeze thing. Yeah, but it's like tough. it slows you, but they just kinda said and then cut it. So I don't know. Well, because they depress it all the way down. Yeah. Well either they're inexperienced and did it wrong. Or they didn't do it. Maybe they modified the lines because they knew they were only going to have this much time to get to the bottom. However, they didn't know how far they were going because they didn't modify them quite enough. (laughs) Well, when you see everybody else go down, Saul's going down really slow, whereas (laughs) everybody else is zipping down the thing. But that's later when they don't have to worry about the lasers. (laughs) They knew they were going to have... This was... This time... Yeah, they only had 10 seconds or whatever. All right, so... Now, Danny and Linus are at the bottom. They cut their lines just in time for the power like, to come back on. Because you only get about 30 seconds on the bench. Wire. Yeah. Just, cut your fucking face. Just, boom. Yeah. And we cut to Yen, who's able to grab the briefcase off of the top of his money carrier. By the, by handcuff, the handcuff chain. Key. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's, <laughs> a, he's a, an impressive fellow. Yeah. Just then. Amazing chin. <laughs> Frank he startles Livingston. Because he, he had to change his clothes. I would. It's a nice suit he's got. He's rocking there. He said, where are we at? 
And we see Le um, that Yen's about to do his thing, and Frank says, Ten says he shorts it. And Livingston's says, like, no bet. <laughs> <laughs> Yen overshoots it quite a bit, but he's able to recover. Almost um, falls on the floor. Almost mm -hmm. falls on the floor. Danny and Yen communicate that they're all set up. They set up the little bombs, and you know, all right. Now, Basher comes in at this point to join the viewing party. And we get a countdown. And before, you're going to go live. So Yen can get it to a safe distance. Three... Two, Yen one. is stuck. Yen is trapped in the door, and they're yelling at them, don't blow it, don't blow it. But the pinch blew out Linus's earwig, so he's, he can't hear them. His cast or whatever, his so, makeshift wrapping is stuck. So mm -hmm. they're about to blow Yen to pieces. But, mm -hmm. oh, click the button, that happens. Click the button, that happens. He shakes it, click the button, nothing happens. And Linus says, did you check the batteries? He's like, oh. <laughs> if you lose focus in the game for one minute, yeah, I know. So you, you don't hear Yen complaining. The handy pager he left in the room. Or didn't leave in the batteries. room. Had batteries. Thank no, God for old. He pulled out a pack of batteries. Oh, did he? I he thought he pulled out a pack out of his... batteries in his back pocket. Oh, that's weird. What a nice boy. And I looked guy. at it. I was watching it. and I go, "Who carries batteries?" I, I never really thought about it until this scene. I'm, I watched it today, and I'm looking. I'm like, well, "Who pager carries only batteries? batteries?" Well, I thought he pulled out a pager and took them out of his pager. I never realized that was a pack it's of a batteries. Pack of batteries. Well, but anyway, he puts a new battery in. He didn't want to fuck up. He didn't want to fuck up because it was all on him. This was his one job that they. You they, toss it. They gave you one job to do. So he, you don't, you know, you don't want to be the guy that brings this down. Like, fuck. So now you're stuck down there. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, boom! All right. There's a 95-pound Chinese man and $160 million behind this door. Well, let's go get him. Let's get him out. And they go in there, and Yen says, <laughs> Wait, the fuck you been? <laughs> <laughs> Which is his only English line in the entire movie, because the whole time he's been speaking Chinese, and Rusty's been interpreting. Yeah. <laughs> Which is and, hilarious every time it happens. And this is a gag they do in the other movies, too, where he speaks Chinese, and they understand him and speak back to him in English. And he <laughs> understands. Nice. <laughs> but, all He right. did not speak good English, and he had an interpreter on the, on the on set. shoot. On set, yep. So now it's time. Rusty calls Benedict. And they're walking out. Uh, Terry and Tess are walking. And all of a sudden, you hear a phone ring. And, she, and Terry's like, you going to answer that? And she's like, I don't have a don't cell have phone. And you're like, how fucking old is this movie? Old. And then she doesn't have a cell phone. Everybody has a damn cell phone. So then she pulls out a flip phone. And you go, oh, that old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In 01, not everybody had a phone. Yeah. So <coughs> she answers it. Hello. Oh, Terry, it's for you. He's like, who is this? Rusty. The guy who's robbing you. Does and he she's think like, Rusty? Is it Rusty? But he's we know it's Rusty. We know it's Rusty. Yeah. This is the guy who's robbing Technically, you. they're burglars, but, huh. you know, those are interchangeable. So, first thing Terry does, like anybody would do, is you run to your monitors and see what's going on. He goes, ha ha, no, no. And then the guy on the other end goes, ha ha, all right. I don't know how he was able to get to Linus. I guess Linus is listening to the call, too. Changes mm -hmm. it to a live feed, or what they think's a live feed. Mm -hmm. He goes, in this town, your luck will change just that fast. Now, uh, you'll notice that you have about, you should be reporting that you have about $160 million in your vault. You'll notice we're packing about half of that. We're going we're gonna to leave $80 million behind as a hostage with a bomb on it. We want you to take the other $80 million and take it out. Either you can... You can lose $160 million publicly or $80 million secretly. Exactly. Terry calls for the police and agrees. Six bags loaded on the elevator... And just then, Tess walks right into Rusty. <laughs> Bad timing. Because he told her to leave. And after he says, you know, you can lose 60 minutes or 80, 80 million dollars pub secretly, she puts his hand on the phone and is like, hi, how you doing? Where's Danny? He's in good form. He wants you to go upstairs and watch TV. <laughs> GTFO. 
everybody wants her to leave because she <laughs> followed Terry into the surveillance mm-hmm. room and he was like, you should go before I lose my shit. <laughs> so I'm about to lose it. <laughs> Nobody wants, you need, please, you're very important, but sh- not right here. And Rusty's like, you should go. Yeah. That's like, watch TV. When Terry asks her to leave though, it's like, this is something very important that's happening to him and she's just, she's not important enough to, to be there. Like, he's like, I don't, you, you don't need to be here for this. This is not for you. Well, Which is very hurtful because you'd think this is something they've been together for a while and nah. you want to support him. The way I look at it is I'm about to do things and say things that you don't need to know about. Or yeah, know that like I'm he's hiding in. he's hiding a major part of his life from her. Like that's... Well, he's a casino owner. If she thinks course, he's a I'm good... I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's just... No, I'm just saying... Like, like if Big Dreamy's in there doing a surgery and his girlfriend's like, "What you doing?" No, like, no, no, like, surgery, go away. I'm sorry, I was trying to talk about the character of Tess. Never mind, C- continue on. <laughs> well, I'm finding having a hard time figuring out why she was there to begin with. Because they were together, and she got this call, and it was for him, so she just went with him because mm-hmm. they were together when it happened. Yes, <laughs> but let's say. You and Tony. If I was her, I would have followed him there too. I don't know what they're talking about on the phone. If it was me, I would. I got it because they're not going to understand that there's emotional ramifications for Tess because they're boys with penises and emotionally dead inside. Because (laughs) moving along, she shouldn't have been there. While that's true, she she doesn't know what the phone call was about. If I get a phone call, if I get the phone call and they're like, "I'm robbing you," I'll be like, "Carly." Please go to the room. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. So I'd be like, down. I, but you, I just pulled the robbed. phone out of my go. pocket that I didn't know was there, and it's for you, and now you just want me to walk away? What the fuck is happening? I'm being robbed. You got to go. I'll talk to you yeah. later. Bye-bye. Smooches. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so where are we at now? So Terry agrees, and we see, uh, <laughs> and we see the bags being loaded into the elevator, mm-hmm. and we see their guys come and take the, the bags, <laughs> and they put them on in a van. And the van drives away. Mm-hmm. We're good to go. All right. And then they fi- and some cars us- follow the van. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks of like it's heading to do. McLaren Airport, which was where I would go to if I ate Swat's call. Mm-hmm. We and also hear Terry say, make the call. <laughs> and then we hear, And Colin Farrell jumps out. And Colin Farrell, LL Cool J, roll up. If you know what we're talking about, you should listen to Carly's favorite episode we ever did, Swat. I listened to it. It was a good episode. It was a good episode. Featuring special guest, Audra. Audra, yes, Audra. What are you going to say? I was going to say her last name, but I don't know what her last name is. <laughs> and she said it's because, her sister, right? No, because she's like Carly. At one point she was married and now she's divorced. And I don't actually know if she changed her name back legally or not. So I'm not quite sure what Well, Audra, if you want to tweet back at us, <laughs> let your sister know what your name is. Said James Bond has less aliases than Carly. So. But I was going to I all have different last names, but... Two of us aren't married. It's just because we're both divorced. <laughs> so SWAT shows up. But, you know, it's one of those things. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, they're either SWAT or you're not. Right. They're SWAT. And so. they're SWAT. So She might not listen to this episode. She only listens to the movies she's seen, so I don't know if she's seen this or not. So we'll see. We'll give, we'll, we'll give her a... She should if she hasn't. We'll tag her on Facebook. Yeah, she should. All right. So SWAT shows up, and they're there to take control of the vault. And they're in, and they're here. But you hear a bit of a firefight. Someone's here. Someone's here. da 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 Lights, lights, turn the lights on, damn it. All right, just then Tara's like, take down the van. And we get, we pull up, and we have the, I don't, I think these are the casino guys. Why didn't they have cops following this thing? These I don't are know. Terry's personal security. Yeah, but why wouldn't they have cops following? They called I SWAT. Think, I think Terry wants some of them. 
They called you know I mean? SWAT for the vault, but yeah, they didn't the tell them they about them the band. Money left. Yeah. <laughs> these are. I guess they're trying to keep that quiet. They're trying to keep it quiet. Thugs. And Terry wants his hands on these people. And and Terry goes in the vault, and the SWAT guy's like, uh, "You shouldn't, you shouldn't be in here, sir, because there may be some explosives and, and like, stuff." Get and he's out. like, "Get out!" Yeah. Like, it's okay, like, we're out. We're leaving. <laughs> so they shoot the tires of the van, and nothing happens. And we cut to the vault, and they kick him out. And yeah. We see them guys. carry out their SWAT equipment. Yeah, they in got all their stuff bags. and they move out. All right, so they take and they, our van guy, I don't know his name, security guy, opens up the door of the van and we see that it's a remote control car. Yep. And Virgil is off in the distance and he's playing with the car. Him oh, and Ruben. Oh, oh, oh. And, you and see Ruben's the like fair freshener again. There's, well, that was the SWAT van. Oh, oh was it? Okay. Yeah. Ruben okay. says, "Stop fucking around." He goes, and he's just like, do it already. He's like, "Just, just one more thing, just one more thing." And he moves the van, and he starts laughing. He's like, "Wasn't expecting that." <laughs> and then he sets a bomb. Boom. Boom. Well, they go in the back of the van, and mm-hmm. they open the bags, and there's no money in there. And there's no money. What is it? It's flyers. Flyers. Flyers, flyers for, for hookers. Hookers. Which yeah. are all over. And what's Las funny Vegas. is when I wrote in my notes here, I got spell checked to bookers. <laughs> <laughs> just in my notes, I have flyers for bookers. But. <laughs> When you see Terry in the Bellagio vault, you also see a bunch of flyers for hookers. Mm-hmm. It's, well, it's money. if you've ever been to Vegas, the flyers for hookers are everywhere. They're everywhere. everywhere. I don't everywhere. know. I only went to church. <laughs> <laughs> I went to church. Did you? Yeah, we, we got, got married. married so uh, That doesn't count. By Elvis. It was a chapel? I don't think I that, don't counts, think that as counts as a church. church. I'll talk about uh, it Look, um, excuse me, Reverend, <laughs> Reverend Elvis himself. <laughs> married e. us, Presley? So. <laughs> anyway, Elvis so, Aaron Presley. I mean, his last name it's Priestley, right? Priestley, Priestley? maybe. Mm, good, nice. Anyway, all right, we got her. It's uh, Buffy's coming on. Oh shit! No, the movie. Oh. Buffy, not the TV show. Oh, never mind. With, with Luke Perry. So I didn't like the movie, the Buffy movie. I like the Buffy movie too. I might pick it. Oh shit! No. Now what I did. <laughs> Next time we do vampires. For Tony's birthday cool. month, we're going to do Tony's uh, vampire movies Tony should pick. Maybe we should do... It's Mine's too like, bad. My birthday's in February. So. <laughs> no, it's too bad Carly already picked lo- The Only Lovers Left Alive because we could have done an all-vampire movie month for well, Halloween. We still can. Halloween. I can I know. find another one. <laughs> there's, there's more than no, one. No, no, that's okay. There's more than one bad vampire relationship movie. I would bet my... Uh, but as long as you don't pick Twilight, I think we'll be oh, fine. Oh, I've never seen that's it. That's not I've never seen it. That's overappreciated. That's I another know. podcast. All right, so Terry gets suspicious when he's in the vault, and he asks, uh, "Hey, uh, Wallace, uh, look, go back to the tape. Does it say Bellagio on the vault floor?" Nope. No, we had to put in last week. He's not figuring it out. I don't <laughs> understand, sir. He's like, "I don't understand. Where'd all that money go?" And he's like, "Well, just in case there's a couple of slow audience members, let me explain the let me, shit. Out let of me this show you to you. We put it in last week. Um, also, why would you have stuff added to your vault, like say Bellagio on the floor?" Who's going to see that shit that's because an egomaniac? I, because I'm Terry Benedict and yeah. I wanted my vault to say Bellagio. But then we we sh- we flashed to the SWAT guy. Just be loud and do that because I can hear it. Somebody <laughs> made a replica of his vault. Yep. And, and then we figured it out. Then we flashed and we get the, the exposition and, and we see that the SWAT guys are, are our team here, the Ocean's Eleven. We see them Linus, walking through and well, Rusty, Rusty flips up his yeah. visor. visor up inside the casino, which yep. bad form. Linus is the 911 operator. So he was hacking calls. Livingston. That's what I said. <laughs> and we see I got the guys loaded up all that money. I have a question. Uh-oh. This has always bothered me every time I've seen this movie. So, the ho- the flyers from the hookers. 
Mm-hmm. Where did they get them? Because the money they sent up the elevator went up before the SWAT guys came in. So when the SWAT guys came in, they could have brought more hooker flyers with them, which accounted for the hooker flyers that exploded in the vault. But the hooker flyers that went up the elevator to the van, where did they come from? Because neither Linus nor Danny had hooker flyers on them when they went down the elevator shaft. And there's not enough room for the amazing yen and all those flyers all those flyers in that fucking thing. So where did they come from? Stop it. Mm. You stop it. You stop it, it every now. Every time. No, damn it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> every time we watch this, it drives me insane because so, everything else makes is they explain everything else except for where the fucking hooker flyers come from. They brought him down with them. Don't worry about it. They paid off the guards to grab the bundle of hooker flyers. Danny knows everybody. All right, so Terry has a aha look on his face and goes right to where Danny is. And we open the door and Danny's getting beat up by Bruiser. If someone has been getting beaten up for thirty yeah, minutes, he's got like, like one mark on his face. He looks. I was fine. like, come on, man. He's, he, he looks little, blood all over his shirt. He looks a little roughed up, but he should be fucked up. Get some bruises. You can you can beat on my ass for fucking. What does he get? Twenty five million or something. Like he that? should have had a black eye and yeah. his mouth should be bleeding at least. We'll, we'll be fine. They each get thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. And he Which, is gonna give that gonna bruiser's gonna get some yeah. money. Yeah. yeah. But a couple million. But he should have let bruiser hit him. Yeah. A couple times before, so then he'd have nice dark bruises by the time. Well, Terry shows up. Him. Ah, well, it doesn't matter. Just, Just so, once. Yeah. So Terry asks him, do you have your hand in this? And he's like, did I have my hand in what? Because he's like, how's the fight out there going? <laughs> he goes, all like right. He doesn't have anything. You're free idea. to go. And just then, Tess gets a random phone call in her room. Turn to channel 88. Who is this? Blickly. So I she turns to channel 88, and we see Danny outside. I have one of those m- moments where you think a line happened that didn't, because I always thought he said, just do it, Tess, and hangs up. Hmm. But he doesn't say anything at all. No, he, he just, just hangs cooks. up. Yeah. Which, it's one of those weird, like, things that you you remember incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you watched a weird cut of it on TV one maybe. time or something. That maybe. stuff always catches me. Mm. So just then, Danny asked Terry, was you get robbed or something? Hey, hold up. I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you have your hand in this? And he's like, what if I get your money back? But the cost is you got to give up Tess. Would you do that? Terry yep. doesn't miss a beat. He's like, yep. Wow. He's like, oh. And Tess is Tess watching sees this. this. On the- so Tess grabs her purse and she's out of there. And Danny's big explanation is, I got a guy. Anytime <laughs> anybody's a thing, I got a guy. And he's like, you got a guy. Fuck you and your guy. He's like, fuck you. Take him off premises and call his parole officer. Call the police. I'm I'm sure he's he's violating his parole. Yeah, which is true. Mm -hmm. So, and they're out. Just then, Terry's heading for the elevator. Tess comes out. Um, And he's like, what are you upset about? What do you mean? He goes, you of all people, Terry should know in your hotel, someone's always watching. And and then she goes, bitch. (laughs) And then Terry is the left there going, what? Music hits, and we see the SWAT van pulling into uh I'm sorry, hold on. Yeah. This prompted a conversation at our house. <laughs> oh. Tony said, would you give me up for $160 million? And I was like... There was a pause. There was a long pause, and so he I goes, said, yes, Carly, the answer is yes. <laughs> I, said, I said, honey, sweetie, if someone's going to give you $160 million for me... Bye. Just, just take it. I just said, what it. are they going to do to you? He goes, I don't care. Yeah. 
just the answer it. is yes. Either they're going to kill me and it's not going to matter, or I'm going to be fine. Well, and now I we get, have 160 million dollars. <laughs> once I get the money, I can get you back, right? Because yeah. what's Coin stopping me, me with 160 million? <laughs> when I have to tell you, hey, I can't date you anymore because I'm getting 160 million dollars. I'd be 100 percent okay with that because even if she literally left me, I get 80. Yeah. We're married. And he like, was, half! He was like, and if I survive, then you can throw me $10 million. I said, if you survive, then we can get back together and share it. And then I would tell you, sorry, I had, to break, up, sorry I had to break up with you and ruin your life, but I got $160 million. And you'd be like, okay, let's move to Morocco. Yeah. so funny because he was like, the answer is yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Because no matter what, how this works out, if you decide, no, yes. no, I don't want to get back with you, it's like, well, fine, give me my 80 more. Well, no, but for Terry Benedict, the answer is no, because his fucking money is insured. Well, he's worth three quarters And of he billion. doesn't actually lose any money yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. But we're going to get to the next movie next. He just doesn't want to lose all right, face. So anyway. his pride is more important than Tess, which is So the SWAT wrong. van pulls yeah, in, and wrong. we see our crew walking out into the night of Vegas. Tess is seen walking out, and she sees the police are escorting Danny. Wait, wait, that's my husband. Whoa. No, jo- Joey Lawrence wasn't there. Whoa! None of that. <laughs> Nobody corrects her, though, and says, ex-husband. Right. <laughs> it would have been funny if he went, ex! <laughs> that would have killed the mood, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. She's like, he's like, Tess, I told you. I knew what I was doing. She's like, but I didn't know. It's like, I know. How long are you going to be? Three to six months, I suppose. Gives a little kissy kiss. Which, you know, it's okay. And that's it. Well, you can see when she's walking through the casino that she kind of has this moment of realization that he... He did all this for he her. He did all this for her. Because he loves her. Which I guess makes it romantic. Well, he did this <laughs> for Honey, her. Honey, please don't rob a casino for me. I'm not... $160 million. I love you just that. the way you are, and I don't. I would well, rather have you than $160 million ups- and you in jail. She's upset Only because he's a thief, but with this money, he doesn't have to be a thief anymore. Right. He's still going to be a thief. Well, I know he will, but that's the, the mm-hmm. idea. Well, all right, so... The rest of the crew is uh, catching the water show at the Bellagio. Because if you rob a hotel, the first thing you do, go right back to that hotel. Hey, they're all free. Well, they, they don't want to look <laughs> They literally suspicious. went across the street. They drove the SWAT van across the street and then walked back out to the water show. Nobody noticed. It is a cool water show. It is a cool water show. There's a lot of traffic there. Nobody would notice. Yeah. That's true, too. On a fight night, they just had a, a, a pinch so they had a little power outage. Yeah, Vegas is just pain. a crazy, crazy I'm place. sorry. Sometimes you see the SWAT van driving around, and, I, and you're just like, oh, look, hey, there's the SWAT van, and you well, go about your day. And it would make well, sense. Well, nobody knows that they're if robbed you're, except but, for... Yeah, if you're not going lights and sirens, no one pays any yeah. attention to cop cars or SWAT vans or It would or make a lot of you. sense, because if there was the pinch, like you saw inside the casino, there was fights and, and people grabbing mm-hmm. chips and stuff. Yeah, the cops it, are... That happened at every casino, so every fucking cop in the world is roaming around Las Vegas Strip right now trying to calm it down. Well, probably some of them would close for like half an hour and assess the damage of everything and yeah. push everybody out say hey come back and yeah an and hour. the cops were going to be so there the streets would be flooded with people yeah. and cops and yeah. all right so it all you know what now check it out that'll it's check a big out. old crazy miss and you don't see any of those people because only oceans 10 here are in front of the bellagio because mm. right now if ever they kicked everybody out that place would be packed yeah but anyway we cut three to six months later Thirty-six months later, I'll, it does say that. No, so, and we see Danny leaving prison in tux again. Mm. So, what I want to get from this is that's his his. Um, so, we left church clothes. They get, he, these are his jail clothes. Those are his stealing clothes. He should probably stop wearing those because whenever he wears a tux, he goes to jail. Some people just have their steal their their shoplifting the clothes. Shoplifting their stealing clothes. clothes. <laughs> this is just his stealing outfit. Well, he, like, he steps out, and Rusty says, "I hope you hope wear the room. room. <laughs> Ted Nugent called. He wants his shirt back. back. Great." 13 million dollars you drive across country to pick me up in this piece of shit. (laughs) 
says, I spent it all on the suit. <laughs> Pick up a few personal effects. In the back. Aww. Who's in the back, Elaine? It's Bruce Tess. Bruce Tess. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next movie. Oh, sorry. It's Tess, and he goes, I'm not sure these belong to me. And then he's got, I like that he, line. He, see, he goes in the back, and he's like, oh, I see you have your wedding ring. You told me you sold this. He goes, I lied. <laughs> he goes, thief. <laughs> uh, Tess has a good line here. We got to get Rusty a girl. There's a prison. There's a women's prison. prison up the road. <laughs> that was good. Music hits, and we see the two goons are in a sedan following them. Mm-hmm. And credits. No post-credit flatulence scene. But Bruce Willis is in the sequel, and so is Julia Roberts. Oh, like the actual Julia Roberts. Terribly surprised. Oh, she's she's playing <laughs> she Julia, Julia Roberts, Roberts. <laughs> not Tess. Yeah, she plays Tess and she plays Julia Roberts. Weird. Yeah. All right, I'm watching this weird. sometime this week. I love Andrew <laughs> Julia Roberts, and you say no, it's Tess playing Julia Roberts. No, Julia Roberts calls. A so. lot of people say a lot of people say that Twelve is not as is the weakest one. It is, but I think they're all enjoyable for different reasons. They're all good. Two of them are great. <laughs> and the other one's just really good. I don't think 13 is any better than 12. Not that I... I watch them, I'm confused. Yeah. But <laughs> the problem is that if you have three really good movies, one of them's going to be the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway. we were we talked after we watched it, and I'm curious what you guys think. Obviously, the goons are following... They're going to follow Danny Rusty. forever. Danny, Rusty, and, and Tess. Rusty, and Tess. But what do you think about the likelihood of the rest of them... Kind of just being able to disappear. We were talking about... You're going to have to watch Ocean's 12. <laughs> well, we were talking about... I know it's silly, but if this was realistic, is there any chance that any of them would get away? I think they would. I mm-hmm. think... Because, you know, we they all touched shit. They left fingerprints. The, the Chinese guy left part they're of his cast. They're all over the cameras while they're doing their recon. Yeah, the brothers are all over the fucking cameras. <laughs> Rusty's on the camera a little bit, you know. The chance well, they would probably... Like, you think any of them get away. But this was before yeah. facial recognition said, um, software. <laughs> we said, um... What's his name? Obviously, Elliot Gould would get away with it. Right, he, I thought he didn't really do anything. the amazing like, Chen... Yen. Yen, Yen, Yen would sorry. Would get away. Because and he could just... Not to be racist, but he could just go back to his Chinese circus and roll out and nobody would even know what he looked like. You know? I, mean? I think Frank would probably get caught. Yeah. Yeah, Frank's but done. But not Linus. Uh, because his alias is going to check out. A hundred percent. That he had an airtight alias as the... Um, Did he have an airtight alias? Yes. Why? <laughs> Watch Ocean's Thirteen. Oh, okay. uh, we're See, just talking about this without movie. the benefit yeah, of the next but, couple movies. Obviously, none of them get caught. Because no, but we know that his. But we know that his backstory this, is airtight. Great, and how many lists take to get the middle of Tootsie Roll Pop? We'll never know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's true. But we're the, just curious because we know the answer to that question because yeah, the mythos yeah. goes on yeah, in the next movie. I would think that they all. I would think that they all could get away except for Danny and. Except think, for he's already wanted for the yeah, other yeah. crime that he well, got caught for. I, he's already got, for he's this, already got warrants. For this crime, <laughs> I think they probably would all get away except for Danny, Rusty, and Frank. Well, no, we should they're going to take a really should, good look at Frank. We should get out of this episode, and you should tell me what you, what you thought, Elaine. Okay. So, this um, movie is quite enjoyable, so it was very hard to pick. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite character, I'm going to go with Rusty. Rusty, good. That's a solid pick. Right I, there. You can't go wrong with that. I really enjoy Brad Pitt as an actor in most of his movies, and he's excellent as Rusty in this. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character is Tess. I just wish that they had made her more of a character and less of a MacGuffin. 
Okay. Because she's yeah. a bit of a tertiary object in this movie, mm-hmm. which I think is disappointing because if they were going to do that, they could have gotten a much less well-known actress than Julia Roberts. I feel she's a little wasted. Mm. Um, well, she got 20 bucks for this movie. That's all I My favorite scene was extremely hard because first I wrote down the gather the crew montage, which is always my favorite thing in every movie. And then I was like, but that's... A, but then I was watching and I really like the the scene at the car dealership so i was like oh i'm gonna change and i'll do the billy t denim so what'd you go with but then i realized so elaine's gonna go over every scene in the movie now no but then i realized that the scene i think is done the best is the end when the music starts and you get tess and terry and then you see everybody outside the bellagio and they just kind of fade into not you know they just kind of drift off all by themselves out to Utah or Florida or wherever they're from and it just it's just so well shot <laughs> that it's my favorite part of the movie it's just okay. so beautiful favorite line my favorite line is test to Terry Terry you of all people should know in your hotel there's always someone watching it's a good line because mm-hmm. that and my favorite object is the shrimp cocktail the plate or the bowl <laughs> The, the fact that it switches back and forth. Just the shrimp in general. I just like that it changes in the middle of the takes, and I like that he had to eat 40 shrimp, and I just, of all the food that he eats, that's the most kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Especially, like, the bowl with the ice. Like, it's just ridiculous. So I like that. And, and, I, and I, I didn't mention it, but Elaine did earlier that he does have an ingestion at the end because he ate the whole fucking movie. Yeah. And I'm just going to yay this because okay. it's great. All right, let's go with Tony. Me? Me? Yeah, I pointed at you and said, tell me so. <laughs> so, Carly, you go. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven. Uh, favorite character? It was close. It was a tie, almost a tie between Rusty and Frank, but I went with Rusty. Okay. Brad Pitt fan. Tony really is. Two for Brad Pitt. You don't need He's to really good. <laughs> Even some of his really weaker movies, like Meet Joe Black, they're still really good. Fight Club. Fucking boss. Tony's dog is named Achilles. <laughs> because of Troy. Because of the movie. <laughs> My least favorite character is a tie between Turk and Virgil. No. I don't like K- uh, Casey Affleck or Scott Kahn. I no. love Scotty. Uh, Casey Affleck, I could give or take, but Scotty Kahn is great. You uh, are incorrect. <laughs> he's great in what? In everything he's in. <laughs> Scotty Kahn? Anything? He's I don't know. Gone in 60 seconds. But he's he's in. fantastic in Gone in 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, you're done. Let him re-watch. do it. Let him re-watch. do his thing. Let him do. I'll his give thing. you a rewatch on that. <laughs> Let him do his thing. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, favorite line: You look down, they know you're lying. Up, they know you don't know the truth. Don't use seven words when four will do. Don't shift your weight. Uh, look always at your mark, but don't stare. Be specific, but not memorable. Be funny, but don't make him laugh. He's got to like you and then forget you. The moment you've left his side. For God's sakes, whatever you do, don't under any circumstances. Rusty. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite scene is the uh, Ocean's Vault scene when he explains how everything and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. The heist. Yeah, the heist talk. And then he's, he's like, so we got to get into the past mm-hmm. security and all that. That was awesome. Favorite tertiary object is the, <laughs> the gas expelling hockey pucks. It doesn't affect them in the Um, slightest, but (laughs) okay. Knocks two guys out, but they walk right in. They're fine. You're like, all right, whatever. Uh, I will yay this movie. It's amazing. Write that down. 
Go ahead. <laughs> Miss Elaine's just waiting to talk because. You know. Okay, he's really he's pretty good in America. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Never saw it. And oh, that um, shit. the boiler room, he's great in. He is good. Saw that. He was fantastic in Hawaii Five O. Never watched that. It's a TV show. It's a TV show, and he's pretty good in that. Also, Ready to Rumble, he's great. Okay. <laughs> no one's great in that movie. <laughs> he was fantastic as Tweeter in Varsity Blues. No, no one was great in that. Okay, that's anyway. a good movie. Dude, All right, I so do love some now <laughs> he was he was good in. He varsity looks like blues. he wants this to be a secret. <laughs> Everybody that knows me knows I love Varsity. Blues. All right, so enough with Scotty Khan. So Carly. Hey, my favorite character is also Rusty. Although I wrote this, I could see an argument for almost every character in this movie to be somebody's favorite. Mm-hmm. Rusty was my favorite. Three for Brad Pitt in a row. Mm-hmm. It's not because of Brad Pitt either. I like Brad Pitt. But, but you like the character. I like the character of Rusty. Okay. My least favorite character, I, I agree with Tony that the brothers were really annoying. But at the same time, they did so fucking much they in did. this movie. They did. They did. They did. <laughs> and they did it well. They Everything they did. The only thing that they did that bothered me was leaving the all the, the uniform stuff yeah. in the elevator where it was obviously going to be found. Get caught, yeah. Uh, that's the only thing they did that bothered me. Uh, but I agree with Elaine, too, and I'm going with Tess. She, I get that they were trying to make it. A couple scenes made you think maybe she kind of understood what was going on or she was trying to put mm-hmm. it together, but they just didn't have they, her do enough to make it stand out and be substantial. Well, like, <laughs> even at the end, the elevator door opens, and she looks at Terry, and Terry looks at her, and then she just walks past him, and he's like, Tess. Mm-hmm. And it's like... What, what? How is he supposed to assume that she's just leaving him forever? Yeah, she just walked out she of the elevator. Anything. Like what the hell? Okay. My favorite line is when Rusty says, "Shane, you've got three pairs. You can't have six cards. You can't have six, <laughs> six cards, cards in a five-card five card game." game. <laughs> My favorite scene <clears throat> is the right before and during the EMP. When they're at the top of the elevator shaft and they drop the glow sticks down mm-hmm. and then the EMP goes off the whole thing with Don Cheadle. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the nut grabbing. That whole mm-hmm. part. And my favorite tertiary object is those rappel lines that are too short. <laughs> okay. Cool. And I'm also going to get you this movie and I look forward to watching the others. I kind of figured when you're like, we're going to watch the next two. I'm like, all right, I'm getting all the on this one. <laughs> And John's going to nay it. Uh, yeah. My baller. His my, birthday my, movie. Yeah, right, my, That's pretty surprise baller. Surprise last minute tag. <laughs> like, all right, see, so yeah, I'm going to nay this because this because. <laughs> all right, my favorite character is Danny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that. Um, he's a good pick. Yeah, because he's the boss. My least favorite character, I refuse to pick one because it would be picking a character either just out of no reason, like, uh, or they weren't a main character. Like, I could pick the Bobo twins who follow them around, but. They don't, they're not really characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might as well be MacGuffin. Or, uh, I don't like Joshua Jackson. Well, he wasn't in the movie. So I'm not going to pick a least favorite character because I don't have one. Hmm. Uh, my favorite scene is the entire heist scene. Mm-hmm. I know it's like, well, that's like seven scenes. I don't care. It's my birthday movie. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> it's my party. I mean, on I five think from this point to the end of the movie. Yeah. From, from which point do you start the heist? Um, from right when, just after Tony's scene where Linus is getting the pep talk. Right after that, where they, okay. they hit it. So immediately after mm-hmm. pep talk. Yeah. From to... where they start the scene, the stealing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they're kind of like so... the point, you know, we're on. Till when Danny gets arrested and the guys are sitting outside the Bellagio. All the way mm-hmm. till Danny's let out of the room. Yeah. 
So it's easier to pick your two least favorite scenes, which are <laughs> 15 minutes up until that point and the three minutes after that point. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, my favorite quote is from Tess. You know what your problem is? Danny, I only have one. <laughs> that was a good one. Almost every line they gave her in this movie, or she was involved in, w- could have been somebody's favorite. Line. She had her a lot of she, for someone who you don't like as a very character. She had a really good. Yeah. She had a lot of good dialogue. They didn't do a lot of character work, but they gave her some great dialogue. But she had a lot great, of cool shit to say. There's so much good dialogue. There's in this a lot. Movie. I had a hard time picking. This a favorite is a line very well written yeah. script. Who wrote this script? Uh, I didn't write it down. I don't know. I looked it up. He, he did a couple things. I'm always interested in who. Well, I always bypass all that shit because I know, that, and this is kind well, of a long movie, and we were going to talk a lot about. Well, it. there's six writers or something, and five of them worked on the original, <laughs> and there's one writer that re, you know. And while Len looks he's that the up, one that we're curious. Yeah. About. <laughs> he while Len looks up that thing, my favorite tertiary object is the all red hand. Haha, all red. Because <laughs> it's it's a thing in our it's a mythos in our house. It's a big deal. And I will, of course, yay this movie. Okay. <laughs> so, please find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, on Instagram at unmovie podcast dogs, and on Twitter at unmovie podcast. You can email unmovie podcast at gmail.com and please subscribe, rate, review, and listen to all of our episodes. How are some more, man? Monster Squad. All of our episodes. <laughs> Not just Transformers. Go all back, all the way back to the beginning. See how it all started with Waterworld. And Last Dragon. All, all right. right. So next week. On the podcast. Is Tony's pick. For John's birthday. I'm doing, for John's birthday, The Rundown. With The Rock. The Rock. And Christopher Walken. And, and Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott. And Rosario Dawson. I've never seen that movie. Oh, you're in for a treat. I think we used to have it on DVD, but I don't think we have it anymore. I think we still do. All right, we'll have to look for it. All well, right. All right. We're going to look forward to that. <laughs> John was busy this week adding little sound bites in. <laughs> yeah, he got fancy. Sure did. He's so fancy. You really know? And as soon as I picked this movie, I knew this was going to be the closing song. Okay. Like, there was zero thought about it. I think it I would really made me want to watch Vegas again. I have seasons one, two, three, and four. And I see back and I was like, I'm never going to watch that again. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched it when it came out. I was like, I'm never watching that ever, ever. Like some Tom's gone and yeah. Stallone shows up. Yeah, it's not Stallone. It's Tom Selleck. Stallone does show up. He was in two episodes, and that was like season two or three. Oh, okay. He was a reoccurring character. But Tom Selleck came in without a mustache, so that's a new thing. Yeah. Yeah, There's something about Tom Selleck without a mustache. Usually it's the reverse. Speaking of mustaches, I almost picked Topher Grace's facial hair as my favorite tertiary (laughs) object. He was trying. But there's some, most people don't look good with the mustache. Tom Selleck looks weird without a mustache. Right. Well, he's, he's, it's like Burt Reynolds. Some people just look better with facial hair. He's mm-hmm. famous for it, though. You know who looks really great in a mustache? Me. Henry Cavill. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know when he doesn't look good with a CGI mustache? <laughs> that is the truth. That's true. Some people just look better with a mustache, one of them being Superman. I don't know. You don't know what? Why don't they just let him... In the comics, when he died, he had a beard. Just let him go fucking do it. <laughs> and shave it off when he's done filming. You know? He had long hair and a beard. He could have just had a beard. It would have been it interesting. wouldn't have bothered me at all. And he had all. long hair. <laughs> yeah, you know why? Hair because facial hair is very attractive. He wore the black suit. <laughs> I was very excited over the last couple of years when beard came back into fashion because facial hair is very attractive. By the way, I love this part of the song. <laughs> 
He's dancing, y'all. Unfortunately, it's not a video game. Yeah. I have this CD. You should have taken a little video. You could have posted it on the Instagram. Yeah, that's true. Well, I wouldn't have done it then. <laughs> she could have covertly done it, and you wouldn't know until you saw her post on the Instagram. Really, that's me. But he doesn't look at the Instagram. <laughs> Do you mind if you I sure him? do. Hey, he 